0: everyone welcome back to the side hit podcast i'm your host fat tony and today with us we have guy alti welcome guy thanks tony great to be here
1: yeah no super well
0: actually
1: uh, rolling out thanks a lot for inviting me along and
0: you're welcome, so mate. you had a late Christmas getaway from Wanaka.
1: Well, mate, in my, my game at the moment, sort of pretty busy around the Christmas period, so um, no, I've just spent a bit of, bit of time, went up north and um, spent some time with the family and you know, like where was it, we were sort of late April, early May and went up yeah. to Great Barrier and, and Bay of Islands and got out of town and... Came back, got refreshed, and then came back. Came back down here, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, it would be nice to see what the sun looks like. I don't think Monica's seen the sun for a few days.
1: Well, mate, it's not a few uh, weeks now. I tell you what, it's good to see what the sun was like, and it's also good to get in the board shorts and go swimming in the ocean as well. <laughs> it was a far cry from what was happening down here, but uh, mm. oh, you know, mate, you just got to get get out of town every now and then. And it just refreshes you up and come back, and but you always come mm. back. You love you love where you are from.
0: There's yeah, no good about get, that get even more hyped on a day. Exactly. Exactly. Nah, so he, Oh, we'll kick this one off. and then guy. Um, where are you from, and how did snowboarding get into the picture?
1: Well, where I'm from, well, buddy, back in 1969, believe it or not, that he, uh the, I was born in Oamaru. Um, so that's effectively 45th parallel, straight directly to the coastline, and um, so you grew up there. And uh, ironically, I probably spent my first 16 summers here in Wanaka. Oh yeah, yeah. Family used to come over to Glendu Bay and um, camp up over the over the summers. So um a bit of a bit of a
0: different Wanaka to now.
1: That's <laughs> a little bit of a different Wanaka. Hmm. But um, yeah, so that was yeah, there. And then from there, sort of, I grew up, went to school over in Waitaki Boys. But I suppose, you know, how weird snowboarding came in. But I think I was oh, was it nineteen eighty three or something? I was. Um, there was the Awakino, which is the local club field up above oh, yeah. up above Kura Is there. that still going? Yeah, no, it still goes. Yeah, oh, go on, go on Facebook, the Awakino club. You know, club club. They go. They uh they don't. They only get snow from the southeasterlies now, which are getting warmer and warmer. But they but, but it's a great wee field, a little rope toe. And mm-hmm. um, so I went up there and uh and you know back in those days it was you know pretty much ski but. Well, I was up there and this this dude turned up one day and you know it's and I was I think I was in the third form which is like year I think they call it year nine or something now.
0: Oh, I lose track every time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. mate.
1: So what year are you? I don't know. What year is it? Uh, and uh, a guy turned up and he had this crazy device and it was called a swing bow. And a swing bow was sort of like two skis on a two skis that sort of had this mechanism that went from side to side. But you stood on a platform above it and you went sideways. But, so, you, you rode sideways, but it had two skis that sort of mechan, mechanized underneath it. So, the Awakino rope toe is notorious for going super fast and it's got, it's got quite a, a steep face to it. Actually, the Waitaki face, which is the, the uh, which is one of the key faces there, has definitely got a bit of step. So, I thought, shit, I'll have a go at this. And um, I think I dragged myself backwards up on this thing trying to get it to the top, but then uh, strapped on. And uh, because I used to do a bit of surfing down at uh, Campbell's Bay and Omaru and stuff like that. So I always have gone sideways. And uh, yeah, from there, basically, uh, that was the first time I can say I went sideways. I can't say I linked a couple of turns and there was a little hift and we sort of went on that. And so um, from there, it was, uh, yeah, that was that was that was the start of uh, what I call my, 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 my love of. I love the snowboarding, mm. and uh, yeah, from there it sort of progressed from there to
0: there. So I think I've seen a picture of one of those devices on, we um, posted a picture of Ewan Strait with his homemade board at Coronet, and I think his mate had one of those devices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he has, so and um, actually list. a
1: mate of mine up in Christchurch, he's got one, and and he used to come down with the old Burton Op- the Opens back in the day, and he'd, he'd turn up in the snow, but, it was, his, 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 uh, but he, you know... Whatever it was called, I can't remember now. But um, yeah,
0: definitely turned some heads, no doubt about that. <laughs> and uh, was it this thing had bindings and stuff, or yeah, no, it had l- or?
1: It, no, you just it had little um, straps that you strapped your foot on, and it had yeah. a wee platform, and and when you uh when you're on your well, going natural, when you're on your heel side edge. Basically, one ski was higher than the other, and then when you crossed over the other way and went around the around the corner, it sort of went on the other thing. So, you effectively had two. You you were trying to balance two edges, yeah. in and one. Um, it was, pr- and, and of course, you, were, you you weren't on the snow. You were sitting about half a foot from the snow. So, uh, yeah, oh the foot right. the, the falls were a bit of it. Obviously, that sport didn't take <laughs> off. So, swing bow, swing bowing. So, so. Yeah. So, if you <laughs> want to Google swing bow and see what that was about, but. Uh, but that was, you know, that was in the days when, you know, people were learning to go sideways and... Well, and snowboards uh, still
0: had fins. And, yeah, yeah, exactly
1: yeah. like that. So, um, you yeah, know, there's a few few of those lying around. Mm,
0: so what was your um, first day on an actual snowboard like that? Um, Well, I sort of got pretty... I You know, I sort of
1: followed around and then and sort of in the late 80s, late 80s, I moved up to Christchurch and um, from there, Mount Hutt was, you know, Mount Hutt was on and, and we'd go up there and... and I think it was on a snow sticks actually I think it was sort of in the late 80s and and there was a snow sticks there and a mate had one and so we went up the mountain and he's like oh here, have a go at this and so I got on got on old snow sticks which you know when you look at now it was pretty cutting edge boards for what the where, where the technology was then and um, yeah mate I just threw myself on I just threw myself on it uh, classic Pair of gum, yeah, it was a you know, pair of Sorrells with some ski boot liner, you know, old, mm. old, old gum boots with ski boot liners in, strapped myself in. I think I had a, a black one piece with snow gaiters, yeah. and um, you know, thinking you're owning it. And uh, from there, I just smashed my body up for days just trying to get it, and then you know, finally linked up a couple of turns. And uh, yeah, from there, actually, a, a, a mate of mine back there he actually said to me, He goes, Guy, just think of this the more you turn the faster you learn so it wasn't about going side to side it was just linking them up and um yeah from there the passion for it and and it was yeah it was pretty you know pretty crazy back in those days it was though the you know the early early days and was a it was a good it was a good hard crew of snowboarders and Mm. um yeah and it's sort of I suppose that was my first real day where I sort of went from there
0: and that's um was there a particular moment where the hook Got in, you're like, holy shit, this is for me? Or was that just from your first day? No, nah, that,
1: uh, that was just a passion for writing. Mm. It wasn't really, I had no indication whatsoever that I was going to, you know, the, the industry was where I was going to go. I was pretty, back in those days, I used to run the Ducks Deluxe in, in
0: Christchurch. Oh, right. Yeah, That's so... A um, iconic band venue, isn't Yeah, it? no, it yeah. was.
1: And I was writing to music back then, and um, I sort of went from... Barman to bar manager to brewer and all sorts of stuff, but in the you know, but th- at that time I was just like right, I just want to go riding, mm. and so which was quite good because we used to do we'd caught the early morning early morning dashes, so you'd pretty much finish work quite late, get up super early, get up the mountain, um, get some runs in, and and Hutt was hut was pretty good back in those days because you know you used to it was sort of an hour and a half from town, and you would get up there, get riding, then come back and work the night, so you know you mm. could you could strike your powder days. And um and then from there a lot of you know, deporters and the clubbies and stuff like that. So, um yeah, it was
0: so lots of fun. The move to Christchurch was a work work uh, inspired move.
1: Um, well no, I sorta of had to finish school early. Um oh, yeah. yeah, I ran into a bit of trouble with a couple of my four masters and, and there and <laughs> And yeah, it was yeah, a story, possibly for another 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 tale. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, so I went to Christ, sort of uh, left Oberu and went up to Christ, I went up to Christchurch to find my fame for, you know fame fortune and wife, and uh, found my wife, which was quite good. But um, yeah, from there I just got into hospitality, and, and uh, one thing one thing moved into into another, and then well,
0: so you literally met Cheryl when you went to Christchurch,
1: pretty much. Sorry. I met her then. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Back in back in those early days, she was working hospital. She was working hospitality as well. We sort of, uh, you know, we we. Oh, she always tells the story about the fact of how I used to come in with my girlfriend into the bar, and she 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 quite liked me, and and um, you know, and uh, but you know, but it took a couple of years. It's like anything, Tony. You know, mm. you sort of you watch someone from afar, and then it gets you know gets closer and closer. But um, yeah. But from there, when I was in hospitality in in Christchurch, I sort of got got a bit of asked to go up to Wellington, which was my next move, and from there headed up to headed up to Wellington and started doing hospitality up there. So it sort of was a, a, a change of change of pace and uh, also at that time I thought I was actually moving moving away from the mountains. Yeah. Um and but ironically it actually brought me closer to them.
0: Oh how so? Well
1: when I was up there I got a guts full of hospitality I was, you know, I was working bars late and, you know, it was the whole, you know, dealing with bloody drunks and the whole nine yards and, you know, back in those days, you know, you could smoke in bars and it was just, it was just hideous. You get home and it was just, you know, foul. And I just made, I made a bit of a a decision that I just, it was time to get out. And, uh, and because I had a bit of a passion for snowboarding, I, I met up with, um, the guy, uh, uh, who, who ran Cheapskates Cheapskates Wellington up there, Dave Green? Yeah, okay. super old school skater. You know, part of the whole. And, and so he ran the he chain. And then he had this he had this rollerblade van. Rollerblade um, van. Yeah, literally a roll, Yeah, yeah. whoa, <laughs> everyone goes whoa. But uh, during the during the during the summer, he used to rent rollerblades out on the um, on the waterfront in Wellington. And then and then winter came around and it was coming towards the summer. I said, I just need a change. So I went up to Dave and I said, Dave, here here's a deal. Be, with your van, what are you doing with the winter? He goes nothing. I said, well, I tell you what, if I fill the van full of people to go up the mountain, um, you know, basically, I'll use the van, I'll go up the mountain, I'll fill it full of crew, um, and from there, you know, I'll just run snowboarding shop. I'll strips out of your mount, out of out of here with your van. We'll split, we'll splot, split, whatever profit we make, and you know, it's hopefully some sales will come to the store, and that'll that'll transpire from there. So, um, the underlying whole part about that. I just wanted to subsidize
0: going snowboarding, mm, guys, and, mountain shuttles.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Which was which was quite cool because it got to, you know, I get to, uh, I used to, you know, when the snow was on, you know, 2 row, man, fucker, Papa, mm. what a crazy place. So you really got to pick it, but when it, you could pick it, I used to get a team of about ten people, and uh, we'd just go up there, spend them, you know, spend a couple of days riding, and come back, and so it sort of uh, that sort of was my way that I just paved my way through there, and and ironically. Um, the kids that used to be in the back of my van were there. Was Ju Bray, future team rider. Yeah, future yeah. team rider. Jew Bray. I think she's thirteen. Oh, and right. mum and mum and dad let her let her go with Guy up the mountain for a few days <laughs> up the mountain. Um, the other one of my one of my other regular customers was um, Angela Angela Lee Mackay, who's Z Boy's mum.
0: Oh, no way! Yeah, another yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. kind of well, yeah. Ironically, sort of someone that's come through there, mm. and um, and then there was all there was a you know Matt Russell and Buddy. There was a, a whole lot of riffraff. Was that
0: Matt Russell, the skate snow, yeah, guy,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, and, right. was, um,
0: was skate snow around there, or
1: No, nah, he wasn't not. really snakes going there. He was like a super pain in the ass grommet, and oh, you yeah. know I used to <laughs> take him up there and look after him. If anything, I just wanted to Buddy kick him out of the van nine times out of ten but (laughs) hey mate he paid he but they paid for fuel they paid for getting up there and Mm -hmm. so the more the more days I could get up so that's sort of um yeah that was sort of how I sort of transitioned out of out of hospitality into into getting involved in the snow industry and
0: so you were managing cheapskates at the time no no I was just
1: running those shuttles and then at the end of the winter Dave was um I got yeah Dave and I we we got pretty well and he was like look you know how, how about you know the summer? You know, you, you, what are you doing? I said I don't know. I said, well, do you want to come and run the store? So I said, yep. So uh, so I went into the store uh, and ran Cheapskates Wellington for that summer and just you know selling skate gear and and then I and then sort of coming into the next winter helped helped him do the buyout for for the next winter. And um yeah and, and uh yeah that's how that's how all that transports. Oh,
0: so when you were riding Rapayum, was yep. there like a crew of riders that you're riding with that would
1: Oh mate, so yeah no there was a real good crew, like old um who was, who was the super, oh, hey, Dan Fountain, he was like, he was like super grom up there, he was starting to ride around, there was, uh, future
0: team rider as well, yeah, right? future team rider again, <laughs> oh, mate, you a know. oh, no, no, it's a big yeah,
1: thing, going and, hard back then on the but, um, oh, there was sort of, like, the sort of like, um, oh, guy Greg Prowse, um, mm-hmm. you know, hard, the, the hard boot crew, obviously Danny Meyer and those boys, they were North Island boys, and they, they used to ride there, but they, the, there was a really big set of like North Island crew that had, Gone out of Tura in those days, and then they'd come down to sort of Wanaka and they would sort of started to get into the, the Wanaka scene, the South Island scene, because it was either no disrespect to Tura whatsoever, but as far as the amount of days you get on the mountain versus what you do down here, it's you know the weather systems haven't changed, yeah, and um, so you definitely got a lot more riding. So, um, yeah, one thing one thing led, in, led into there, so mm. yeah, so yeah, so yeah, so managed cheapskates, and then uh, yeah, and and then yeah, really, it was a situation where i suppose that's where that's where i got introduced to to the whole burton thing through there all right right. so
0: how did the whole burton thing come about
1: well i was um i was i was working in the i was working in the in the store one day and this guy this guy came in and uh and he was he came in and he just started he just started talking to me about snowboarding and the whole scenario and he said he came in he said oh look i'm just i'm here on holiday and, um, you know, I'm just keen to know what's going on, you know. And this is a mid and I'm yeah. just like, oh, yeah, sweet, and had a bit of a yarn. And, so this and, is the
0: middle of wellings.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. And I, yeah. And I and I, was and I was planning to... I was thinking about going down to Wanaka for the for the winter. Hmm. I wasn't too keen on rolling the rollerblade van for another year. I was sort of more f- focused on riding as much as I could. And then he came back the next day, and um, and he came in, he goes, oh, look, I'm going to be straight up with you, mate. I'm not actually here on holiday. I actually work for... I, I'm actually... You know, work for Burton Snowboards, and um, I'm wondering whether you'd be keen to buddy represent us here here in New Zealand. And, and I'm working, I'm talking with another guy, um, Seamus, and um, and ironically, Seamus and I were were planning to go to Wanaka together. And so out of that, we just transpired into the fact of, hey, let's do Burton together, move to Wanaka, and, and uh, yeah, work. And so that's. That's how it all
0: happened. So he was talking to Seamus. You didn't know he was talking to Seamus, no. but you were mates with Seamus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, and, Nick, and bring, Nick, bring, brings the two together. Yeah, it's so, like, hey, yeah. we, we were
1: coming down. So um, I think it was 93, 92, 93. That was, mm. that was the year that happened. And um, yeah, and so we'd hired this little uh, rabbit's hut out in where Tim's, Tim's Field is now out in Wanaka. Mm-hmm. And it was this little three bedroom hut. With one little fireplace, I think we I think we actually managed to get it for fifty bucks for this whole season, and oh, oh, um, yeah, no, totally, awesome. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, different one again, a different, <laughs> yeah, it right. was a different <laughs> little one fifty bucks for the season, and mm. um, yeah, so we settled in there, and uh, shameless, oh, oh, and we we splashed out big time, we bought ourselves a little Lada Neva, it was our four- four-wheel four drive buddy, weapon weapon of choice, and, um, yeah, away we went. It was good.
0: Oh, sweet. So um, how did the name High Ground come about? Did you guys start importing Burton with the name already in your head? No, like no, no. So, so we
1: worked as reps for that back then. So oh, it was right. a situation where they turned up and they said, hey, you guys are the reps. And so we we just, you know, repped directly out of the U.S., and so... Um, our deal was to go around the stores, sell boards and some bindings and other bits and pieces to the to the stores, and then from there we sort of got cut kind of com as far as what we sold. So, um, but how the name came around, um, like it was it was just classic riffraff, mate. We were just went in, and then I went into the they're like oh shit, I had to set up a bank account, so I went into the bank one day, and I walked into the bank and the bank teller there said oh look, I like to open a, a business account. I think it was with westpac and i'm still actually with ironically enough and then um from there they said uh, they said oh yeah well what's your name of your company and i'm like well what do you name well, well you need a name for it it's going to be on your checks and bits and pieces and i've been at the uh the night before i've been at a concert and the red hot chili peepers in wellington oh. and um you know in the days where he lit his head on fire and the whole nine yards <laughs> and my head yeah. was probably still on fire at the same time yeah. and um and i said oh Higher ground. How about that? <laughs> Call it higher ground. And so higher ground stuck, and uh, away it went from there. So um, that's how the name higher ground came into place. All right. And, I um,
0: wondered that if it was a head tip to Stevie Wonder or something thereof. No, no.
1: Red Hot Chili Peppers. Hot there, Chili Peppers. Yeah, take me to mm. take me to the higher ground. And ironically, it's uh, yeah, it was where all our business was basically worked on. So it, um, it came came into play from there.
0: Mm. So how did you originally meet Seamus Butt?
1: Seamus, I met Seamus, but that in Wellington that year, and he was just. um, We had some good mutual mates, and we used to hang out. And and and, uh, yeah, like at the start of that summer, we would have had no idea that we were going to be working together as far as what we did and how we did it. Mm. And then it was just you know just cards on the table, things meant merged. And um, yeah, we were just like, yeah, let's do this together and and uh, roll from there. And you know, Shane was pretty, you know, pretty well respected back in the day there, as far as what he did, as far as from from a writer's perspective. He was sort of involved a bit in the film industry, and um, and and then from what I'd been doing and other, other bits and pieces, it was just a yeah. He he bought he bought his skill set. I brought mine and and. Uh, then the games were game.
0: So you see some respect in the industry was that from his time building sticks or was he actually a full sponsored rider? He or? was no. He he
1: had been he had been working with um, Dave Partridge at Sticks. Oh, yeah. He was a rider there, and also um, he was he had a really good association also with um, Bromwyn Taylor Five Forties. He oh, was yeah. one of, he was one of their well te- their team riders and um and and Seamus was probably he, on the freestyle side of things was pretty cutting edge as far as his freestyle skate style mm. skate surf freestyle he could tear shit up there's no doubt about it and mm. and so when um and you know that was back in the, that I think our first year of doing Burton together we were in a bit of a test program and uh that was when the wedgie board first we had our first oh, nice. yeah the wedgie yep. boards, and um yeah, and I was a bit more of a free rider so I had the, he had the he had the wedgie boards I had the Craig galleys and oh, um, nice. yeah we were we were a match and he match made Well, that's,
0: that's a hard choice we, I mean they're both classics now aren't they the wedgie and the Craig galleys yeah 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 but um you mentioned Dave Partridge's um, be called cool to talk about him for a bit because uh, yep. he was quite a bit of an innovator ahead of his time right.
1: No, he was mate, and um, yeah, and, and, and full shout out to Dave, and I still have you know small communications with him, but you know we're talking we're talking you know ni- early nineties, mm. and Dave was there designing boards, he was designing bindings, he was designing all aspects of, of snowboarding, and and you know he was he came up with these asymmetric cores, you know, mm. e- early in the day, asymmetric cores. Um, he he was even working on the likes of the the step on bindings, you know. Really. Right, you know, like early early transfer and 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 yeah, he was uh, under
0: his own brand,
1: under his own thing, and wow. and a lot and and they 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 were in the early days of you know when the, the sport was really young and you know painting and and all of that was there and there's definitely some some ideas. Which you know, and this is probably a conversation for another time, as far and I don't know the ab- absolute facts as far as what it mm. was, but you know, he had some technology that basically came out came out of his head, mm. that then got transferred, whether it was stolen or borrowed or mm. whatever it was, but it definitely went through into into you know modern tech boards that then got mass produced and, and modernized in, in in the North American and from, European from market. What
0: I've- from what I've heard from people that like you can you can trace the channel system that Burton uses now back to an idea he had with revelation yeah and it sort of it, it links back to him yep. um what revelation to forum forum to Burton
1: yep yeah yeah and he and and you know and there were some there were some real innovators of the sport you know he was one obviously you know Jake Jake's you know Jake he also was in the North American side as far as what he was doing and you know, but but you know, we're talking we're talking Dave here in good on good old New Zealand with some bloody good ideas pre-internet, too. yeah, pre-internet, <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> and um and then and you know he obviously went overseas and did his things over there, and then from there you're talking about the you know the big companies that sort of were going and and back then there was the you know there was the hardcore you know when you say hardcore it's a wee bit of a crazy word to use but there was the it's called the purest snowboard companies. Mm. And then you also had the ski companies, and then the European companies that so did everything.
0: An example of the purest know what companies would be like your Burton and Sims of the time. Yep, yep. Maybe Santa Cruz or something like yep,
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Some some then, Santa some Santa Cruz, um, and you know, and then you know, also, sort of coming into those later nineties, you sort of had your joyrides. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Lamar's. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they were all, they, and but those, all those, those companies there, you had your, your East Coast and your West coasts mm. you know, your East your east Coast and North Americans, you know, Burton was, Burton was seen as there as pretty mainstream, but then you had your sort of, uh, your, your Cali, your Cali, you know, your Big Bear, Snow Summits boards with the... Uh, you know your Rankwits and those guys which were you know in you know in Donna County yeah you know, the, you know with your palmers and stuff which were the you know they were sort of the cutting edge you know the cutting edge freestyle freestyle side of snowboarding over
0: there now mm. uh, we mentioned um uh, Dave Putchard was a um rightly so an innovator there's another innovator I'd like to talk about in a different part of New Zealand snowboarding was Aaron Bolt
1: yeah old oh, Baldy no hey, god hell yeah <laughs>
0: Oh, um, mate, aaron
1: ahead of his time again. And but yeah, where Aaron was, mate, Aaron was, um, you know, like back then there was the, you know, there was the big, there was the Cheapskates guys, and you know Frank, Frank Edwards, and Bill Taylor, and and a few of the other there, and then and then you had then you had Bolt Aaron. Um, aaron set up the store uh, out of out of Christchurch, and this was in the early days when you know we start when we started bringing Burton in, but. It was really he set up like a pure freestyle store, wide load.
0: Which, which that was a big deal at the time. It right? was
1: huge. Yeah. It was like mate, there was a really like freestyle hadn't really taken ta- taken off. It was mm. you know, the the infancy of skate being influenced into into snowboarding. And where Aaron was, he went out a, 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 and and basically set up this skates, you know, skate snowboard store, and and what was and Emporium, which was right in the heart of right in the heart of uh, you know Christchurch, mm. and it was mate, it was core to the T, like it, it you know it was you know it was baggy pants sub twenty. Um, you know, wide, wide, wide stance, baseless bindings and, you know, for us to get in there and, and, you know, we did, really didn't have too many boards to sell to him back then to be perfectly honest. Yeah, just so, the wedgie, right? Yeah, yeah, no, the wedgie and, um, and, you know, and then he was like, oh, look, I'll take a couple of, I'll take a couple of air series because, mm. you know, something there and, it, and it wasn't really until the likes of the, the Harkin series and, and mm. those, um, free, let's say free ride going freestyle innovative boards came on mm. before he before he said but he um yeah wide load shit if you Google that as far as what that was and how that how how that represented it. Was a great store. It was a great I store. I and full credit to him mate from a financial point of view to go and do that and try and survive in and that so But you gotta remember back then, you know, we didn't the internet didn't exist.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: it was a situation where online trading everything like so every you know, so he created a he created a a a passion for freestyle snow, and that and that and basically that crew that crew
0: transpired to it, and um,
1: yeah, no, Aaron's still very heavily involved in the snow industry. He now works with the Cheapskates boys. boys right, which would have
0: been, as, been this competition, then.
1: it year was, back, like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but um, yeah, when you look at competition, and you know, and and that, that's the thing I loved about the snowboard industry is the fact that you know as much as we had a passion for riding we also had a lot of mutual respect for everyone else mm. and it was it sort of was like you know we're all batting on the same team mm. and it wasn't as if we're trying to you know it wasn't the, the, the whole corporate the, the whole business side of snowboarding was more about a brotherhood and a family and that that really transpired right through from from the bur from you know the Burton, as far as how they operated as a, as a company, yeah. right through the whole mentality, as far as what you know Seamus and I were doing with Higher Ground, and, and you know, and, and then running down into the Team Riders.
0: Speaking of Higher Ground and Team Riders, what's this? Um, I heard about uh, a couple of your maybe there were Team Riders back in the day living in the Harway pub. Oh, not and this oh, was, was this the same time you guys were living <laughs> in the Rabbit Hut?
1: Okay, yeah, so um. Yeah, so we TC. It's TC. It's early days. It's '93. We're in the Rabbiters Hut. Um, who who do we have around here? Oh, we had Buddy. Um, oh, Andy. Se- oh, Tim Searing. Uh, Andy and Tim. Se- well, it was Andy Searing back then, who's now back here. Brendan Donovan, Magoo. Um, you know, they were the they were like the the, the North Island migrants we used to call them. All oh, right. That you know they, they they came down from from you know the, the North Island and they were. They were living in, I think, in the Hardware Pub in those days, and we were in the Rabbit's Hut. <laughs>
0: <Didn't> <laughs> so well, <laughs> officially living in the hut. No, no, they'd,
1: they'd rented a motel room oh, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the in the pub, which was pretty funny. And um and then uh and then one day he goes, oh, you got to come over. So yeah, we, we went over there and and we went into I went into the bathroom and I looked in there and there was fucking just blood everywhere and everything. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Um, and there was a there was a fucking sheep in the bath, <laughs> like with its throat cut. The whole nine yards being 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 fucking being butchered in the in the hardware pub motel room for there. So uh, you know, you gotta remember back in the days we had we didn't have a fucking scent. It was oh, so um, the
0: landlord wasn't knowing uh, no, you the know. wife? No, 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 no.
1: No no one knew about the bloody abattoir set up that had happened in the the, hardware fun bloody motel rooms. Um, But it was, uh, yeah, where they got the sheep, how they got the sheep, or who cares. But I tell you what, there was definitely some good stews, lamb chops, and uh, going on. But that's just. (laughs) You know, you gotta remember we were living. We were living off a bag of pasta and as many tomato cans as we as we could as well, and mm. and uh, meat sauces. And actually, we we literally we used to go and catch trout in the whole, in the like then when the the weird Dam, we We used to go and catch trout in the dam, mm. and and feed off that and be and uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was you know when you when you talk about running off the 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 smell of an oily rag. Mate, the boys, we did that. All we were, we, all we, you know, it was about getting up the mountain and riding, mm. having a barbecue, having a good time. And um, yeah, but shit, there were some funny stories with those boys. They were, <laughs> they were, they were, fun. but you know, mm. good riders, um, great guys, and um, yeah, meant well. But yeah, sometimes there's amends to an ends. But yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet not too many hotel rooms around here get turned into bloody abattoirs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I met Andy Searing last year. Oh, awesome, yeah. Awesome dude. Yeah. So I've got a Ouija board on the wall at the Cadrona workshop. Gotcha. And uh, and he was there. I didn't know who he was. And he was, oh, wow, I've got one of those. I'm like, no way. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, it's a bit messy. I was like, dude, bring it up and I'll, I'll tune it up for you. We'll get it. I'll give you a good rate. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so tuned it away and all that. And it uh, turned out it was Spy's old Ouija board. Yeah, there you go. And there we go. And Spy said to this yep. day... That that's the board. He'd still pay money to get back. Like, well, <laughs> there it is, homie. So fine. Well, because
1: well, because Seamus and I were living down here, and and you know we were we were just you know living living the dream, so to speak. As you know, but you know from a from a concept wise, from financially, it definitely wasn't the case. Um, but it was. Uh, but you know, we the, the one good thing is is Burton just sent down all of these boards, hmm. test boards, you know, test product, pro- and so. We started what was the the Burton test program.
0: Was this the when they'd send like the black
1: top sheets? Yeah, in? yeah, early yeah, a lot of lot of black top sheets, and but but some quite yeah, and, and so they'd send them down, and it was just durability testing. That's all mm. it was. They'd send the first productions down. We'd we just get the, you know, thrash the living shit out of them, and we then we'd set up. We would generally set them up with some you know with some riders um, that we knew, that we knew up there, and we had a lot of hard boots as well. And back in those days, there was the the Lee Martins, Aaron McIntyre, the you know the the TC Hardcore hard boot hard boot team, mm. and my God, were they hardcore right? It was like a it was a, yeah, there was a, there was a really good team of, of crew there. So they used to you know thrash the living shit out of the um, out of the Alpine boards. Britain
0: had a strong. What the amps and all that? A really strong Alpine. Oh remote. no, mate!
1: No, the the, the Prime oh, series the and, primes, and yeah. yeah, the primes, PJs, yeah, the PJs, well. and because that whole European influence was 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 pretty big, and you know the hard hard booting was actually, believe it or not, back then we actually used to sell more hard boot more. Well, it was pretty even actually between free for alpine boards and free, free,
0: you know, freestyle free ride boards. So, would that be just the skier crossover understanding hard boots a bit more, or
1: no? It was, um, mate. No way, mate. Like Danny, Danny Meyer, Spy. Um, you and we and like and and I actually, you know, spent a lot of time on hard boots as well, hard boots free riding. It was just really direct edge, fast, you know, fast fluid riding on, on, on big terrain. Mm. And so free riding really was was more hard boot orientated than 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 soft than soft boot. Freestyle was more soft boot, you know, jibbing, mm. you know, they called it jibbing. Yeah. And uh and then and then from there there was the hard but then as as the sport progressed, it's sort of you know the hard the hard the hard boots went away, and and then came the more of the directional the direction you know the directional boards, mm. the directional boards with your um you know starting to introduce of camber. Um, different wood composites that went through different okay. glassing techniques
0: so would this be like the sort of the air and the craig kelly air series you've been yeah yeah
1: the air series and the craig kelly's they mm. were the they were the innovative um free ride boards that were really and that's where harkin came in you know he mm. came in and got on those those kelly Airs and mm. was like right well you know and and, and, and started to, to, that's where that whole Harkin series went out. Yeah. And then, but he, he was more of, Harkin was like the free ride, you know, it's been a lot of time with Terry over the years and, you know, great. And he was more of the free ride driver. And then out of Southern Cali, you had the um, Jeffy Anderson and, and um, you know, those, the, 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 the hardcore skate which, kids.
0: Which became the. Brushy. In, yeah. And so Jeff Anderson, those guys helped develop what was the twin series with the crowns on, the yeah, stuff. yeah. And and
1: Andy and, and and Andy Lats, who's the guy who effectively you know hooked us up with Burton back in the day, he was he was what they call the the, the development manager, the the snowboard development manager. And so he he would go off with like you know, and, and he told me the story about how he went with a one of the air series with Jeffy Anderson to you know Snow Summit, went there, and they went into the garage, and Jeffy got the bloody hacksaw off and just cut the nose off it, and said. <laughs> I don't need a fucking nose, and you know, I just need, I just need shorter. I just need a shorter board. And um, yeah he he was the he was the innovator of of, of you know the the and, and even back then we actually had some boards that came out with baseless bindings.
0: You know, was that the contact series or yeah the, that? yeah yeah no the contact contact
1: series. Contact series yeah. So the baseless the baseless bindings, and um, you know the and there was a really limited range of those. But mm. you know now we look as far as. Where the likes of the step-ons mm. work, etc. Same concept.
0: Thirty mm. years later, I nearly bought a contact board. It was either that or the Twin Fifty Three with the crowns. Oh, yeah, I yeah. went with the Twin Fifty Three with yeah. the crowns. Yeah, it was pretty funny though. So I bought I bought it from NZ Trade with the the classic freestyle highback. It was a bit higher. Yep. And this was when the first lowbacks came out. Yep. And all the, all the all the kids my age were like. Dude, you got to cut your highbacks off. You yeah, know. Yeah. It was That whole era. And, yeah, uh, no, totally. Pretty funny. That's that whole that first wave jibbing of era. Where like oh right, right, like people were just cutting their nose Right, like off. this, and,
1: and in Queenstown, like the you know Lucas Sulos and Deb and AJ and and Tony Wollstone and and those guys, you know, they, they you know like they they really started the the heart the hardcore you know Qu- Queenstown freestyle set. Yeah. And mate, they were they were wide stances, no high backs, baseless bindings, and you know, and yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny, like whenever, when a powder day would turn up and we'd go riding with them, they were just toppling down the mountain, <laughs> but they didn't care, they just wanted to look, they just wanted to look good, that was their steez and we fully respected their steez and good on them, it was mm-hmm. fantastic.
0: And I'm guessing um, with bringing Burton in, you would have worked pretty closely with the uh, New Zealand Snowboarder magazine. So yeah. I've seen a lot of um, pretty iconic Burton and higher ground ads in there. You yeah. always had that first double page. And yeah, yep. Yeah. So one of the things i even made an impression on me as a teenager buying that magazine back then was um, your ads weren't, in, weren't always international pros. It was quite often highlighting... The local.
1: Yeah, no guys. it was. And 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 that was and you know, the whole the whole Burton thing was and you know, Jake and Donna are amazing at this. They were just like, Look, guy, you know the market. Um, you're it's a situation where you've you know, you know the market more than us and I was just like, Look, guys, the last thing they want to see is it you know, the New Zealand in New Zealand is an ad with, you know, trees, powder classic North American style it's all about it's all about the local it's all about the local mountains supporting the local mountains it's all about supporting the local riders and it's all about supporting the local industry as far as getting the feel and so they did give us a really creative license to go and do that and so with um, Phil Phil and Steen as far as with New Zealand snow snowboarding magazine mate that was that was like the Bible. Mm. That was, you know, that was like the 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 three the that was like, you know, the three times a year where the internet exists, yeah. where kids could catch up with who the who the writers were, what was going on, the international trips, and um, and then with the creative license, it just meant that we could go out there and create a, create create New Zealand's own Burton style. Mm. As long as there were certain parameters that they fit. And so in the art department, we'd, in Burton, we'd send them photos. We'd send them to say, hey, this is what we do. Design the whole thing. And um, design the whole thing up with them. And they were super supportive. And and that was a, that was really good because it sort of gave a... Gave a really good feel to you know the the riders got some credibility, they got some recognition. Um, the resort, we were managed to give you know give back to the resorts as far as um, them supporting us, and it was a it was a it was a yeah, definitely a full looping scenario.
0: But so, as a Grom looking in, it, it was really cool how you did that. Like, it, it suddenly was looking at people like, uh, you know, even later on, like there's these iconic shots of like Magoo and Denny Bevan and Dylan yep. Butt and Aaron Jamieson. That's like. Wow, that's and it's the first thing you open up, and it was so cool to see, and especially as a teenager, um, seeing these pictures of these riders. And as far as an outsider looking in was concerned, like, well, they've got to be as good as Jamie Lynn and Mike Rinkett, because look, they're on the cover, yep. you know. And, and yeah, no, and so and, and, and it really was, cool. and,
2: and
1: and that was also in a situation where, you know, we 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 actually got support out of Burton to support them as well, and mm. so it started the whole. Um, you know we had a, they gave us a budget to support the they gave us um, boards and budget to support the and we're talking you know in comparison to where where the sport went it was it was minuscule but it's mm. but, it, but it was a, a, it was a stepping stone and it was the first time that sort of a you know the, the whole fact of a sponsored rider was someone that you could actually you could actually break even mm. riding for the season if you if you did it well and running through but what it did do also it, it opened the door Um, All of a sudden, here was Dylan and Denny and and those guys with ads being created in North America, and so the North American Marketing Department saw these kids as far as what they were doing, and they're like, well, wait a minute, these kids, they're they're, they're cutting edge as far as in in the Southern Hemisphere market. And you know they come to the northern hemisphere, so they those 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 guys effectively got a got some contracts with Burton directly, mm-hmm. and um, it was a, it and it transposed as far as how we we were used as a stepping stone for mm-hmm. them to then go off and
0: and do their do their so do their, their it, own it, deal. Some of those ads used internationally of the local writers? No, I or, oh. or was it more just to get Burton's attention?
1: No, it was it was, it was our own thing. But it, what it did, it it gave it. New Zealand became. New Zealand became a really critical part of Burton's pathway
2: mm-hmm.
1: for two reasons. One, we started to, to develop a really big test program here. We used to have test centres at Mount Hart as far as you know step on, and then we had the, the the test program that was running. All of the riders all the North American riders used to come down over and and do testing and photo shoots, etc. And so it was the whole family connection between. Burton North America and, and Burton New Zealand that really grew as far as us being as much as we were just distributor, you know, we we were distributors, we were actually part of the whole the whole Burton family. Yeah. And there was a really good, strong feel there that that transposed from Jake through mm. there, through us, through to the team. And it was just this. It was it was an amazing vibe.
0: It's a really direct connection to the top. You just said that then. Yeah. It's like team you, Jake. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's. Well, it was, and like, and, and awesome. everyone, and
1: everyone was just on an even playing field. It was there was no there was no hierarchy. You know who 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 what and where and and. You know, and and Jake, Jake, you know, Jake used to come down here every every you know every winter and and hang out and hang out with the riders and hang out with us and and it was a yeah, it was a, it was a really good mix and then also that transposed as far as when we'd go to North America and those all the kids would come and you know get to meet you know they'd come to the Christmas party you know the, the big mm. spring bash as they called and there was a there was a really good connection between everyone. With um,
0: Burton, you've had the um, I guess the pleasure of uh, a huge and almost enviable roster of team riders come through your gates yeah and some pretty iconic names a couple i'd like to start with was um mitchell and kendall brown, <laughs> the, brown the brown kids um
1: yeah mate like mitch oh mate cute Yeah. like yeah mate, like we were down here and i, I first time i met mitch we we're up at we're we're up at Cadrona and and he and Kendall were down, and they, you know we're talking super little young grommies here, mm. and and but they you know they were good, they were good riders, you know mm. they were super good riders, and they were into it, and 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 then you know and and someone came up to me one day, oh you know, well, actually actually Dylan and Denny, they were, you know they were part of, they were a real part of our family, mm. and and they came up and said oh look you know as far as the young kids coming through, we're all about the young kids, we're all about the, bringing in the new kids coming through you know as far as the old farts were concerned you know, the, the old riders they weren't progressing snowboarders it was all mm. about the new kids coming through and so Kent and so Mitch he was um he was a pretty strong little rider and um and and super supportive and super respectful as well mm. and so god I, I, I'll probably get the you know we're talking 10 11 years old yeah you know and um how are you Mitch I'm sorry, I'm telling these stories. You're going to get really embarrassed now. And um, but what Mitch used to do, and this made a really big impression on me, is that he would come, and at the start of the season, he would come, and he was so pumped to go riding. Mm. And I remember once he turned up at he, he turned up at Higher Ground, and he would made me this little tin tin snowboarder. Like right. you know, moulded and you know, just had a real passion. He came out. And he goes, "Oh, guy, I've made this for you. I hope you really like it." And, I, and it just, it just touched my heart. It was, mm. it was, it was amazing that, you know, it, what what we provided to him, and and when I say we, it's you know the, it's, it's all of us provided him to go forward, and then from there, you know, he just went through, and then obviously Kendall, um, his younger sister. Mm. um she was the same and so they were the you know as much as we had Dylan and Denny the superstars then we had the the junior riders coming through which were the you know the, mm. the Mitch the Mitchell and Kendall's
2: yeah
1: and it's sort of just you know and because Grommet gromit Grommet, grommet riding was really important and mm. um and if anything they're the kids that are coming up with the new tricks and yeah. uh and obviously you know the rest of it the rest of its history as far as you know when you look you, you look at Mitch now who's coaching like influencing coach. yeah no yeah. super coaching and, and but he's gone through that whole scenario and now he's giving back you know when i look at the big picture now he's giving back to the young right you know the young new zealand riders and that whole, that whole that whole that whole that whole story and it's um yeah it's the essence of snow yeah, the whole snowboard scene which is you know continuing mm. which is pretty and cool
0: denny and dill were powerful at that time too right they oh were yeah. just unstoppable yeah like
1: yeah, yeah. Like brothers, yeah. brothers at heart. Mm. Like um, yeah, their, their, yeah.
0: Their interview was together. Like yeah, it
1: yeah. A lot. Yeah, no, br- brothers at heart, but also really, um, you know, competitive ag- against each other. But you know, also different styles. But um, yeah, and mm. shit, we used to have some. We used to have some bloody fun times.
0: So Different styles between the two. Uh, how so?
1: Well, um, do Dil, was a bit more edgy. And when I say edgy, he sort of like used to used to throw down a bit more of a punk style, um, p- punk, but lot ska- skater. Yeah. Whereas Denny was a lot smoother, big ear method. And sort of, um, and so they, they sort of, they 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 were different but the same, if you get mm. what I mean. And so when when we you know when we had when we you know classic you know it would be the nationals, and the nationals were huge. You mm. know, like back there, the NZSBA nationals, that was the that was that was the big event of the year. And sort of you know we used to dig dig out these dig out these crazy pipes and try and run events etc like that in them. But um, their whole style were, you know, they were they were completely di- and that was the whole you know and that's the whole style of snowboarding someone's snow really came down to what the judge's interpretation of was it? Mm. and so you know two different totally styles and they and they always were up on the podiums together mm. as far as but came from completely
0: different angles mm. which and was, another one of your team writers AJ was kicking around the podiums a little bit yeah
1: yeah right? and yeah and, and so AJ so when you had Denny and Dill and then you had then you had Mitch in the middle there was AJ who was you know who was the who was coming through it and AJ was in um you know he was in what you know you had your you had your head to towers you know like those guys and when I say head to toe fully split and then you had AJ who was you know on the sub 20 team and and you know passionate about where what what his what what snowboarding meant to him yeah. in full respect and then but you know we used to him up with boards and and that whole scenario and it was that whole you know we I did you know, burden to me wasn't about being head to toe. It was about supporting riders, and yeah. that also comes down to when you look into, you know, and actually getting back to AJ. But AJ was the new blood. Yeah, he was the, the new young blood coming through and riding. And you know, he and he's and then all of a sudden it was a situation where he started to pull some tricks out that you know rotations and and you know and stuff that Dylan and Denny were not up with, and yeah. that's where he started to you know, paved the wave as far as, you know, from a from a progressive rider. AJ, if he had followed that international path, he would have been right up there with the with, with the top guys. There's no right. doubt about it. But he's you know, he's just you know, everyone everyone has a passion for where they sit where they where and what they do with snowboarding and, mm. and uh some go down that professional path and some, some guys just do it for the love and love and passion.
0: One of your riders that did hang out with the top guys was actually uh, Pam Bell.
1: Yeah. Pam, no, Pam. Buddy, Pam went to the Olympics. Mm. Holy smoke! First, first snowboard
0: Olympian. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, well, from New Zealand, yeah. You know, so Pam, she was, um, yeah, she was, she was one of our riders. And actually, Pam and I, I Pam and I, have got another story, which was pretty crazy as well. Um, as much as she was a really key key rider, um, back in there we had the New Zealand Snowboard Association, and then Snow Sports came along. Mm-hmm. And where snow, where snow sports came along, um, snow sports back in the day was really, was really quite ski focused, um, and it was sort of running running a way that it was, you know. There and then I got a call up oh, from one of the one of the one of the guys on the on the snow snow sports board and said, look, you know, we're. We need to acknowledge the fact that snowboarding is going to be a big part. We don't have anyone that knows anything about snowboarding. Will you come and join us on the, join us on the board? And I said, well, if I'm going to come in, I want to pull someone else in as well. So I pulled Pam in from a from a from a rider's perspective as far as understanding the Olympic pathways. And back then, um, for for snow sports New Zealand to get any money out of Sport New Zealand was was we were they they were getting for nothing. It was there was nothing to ride the whole nine yards, and so um, so Pam and I teamed up together on the on on the snow sports board, and then from there went out and were the first people that went and sat down with um, you know Sport New Zealand, mm. and started getting the some major fund funding into now where you see what snow sports is as far as the as far as how where, where the money comes through for the for the for the future riders is um yeah so um full props to Pam because she was she, she was one of the innovators back in the day as far as, you know, pushing pushing snowboarding and creating the pathway as far as for funding to not only go into where Funding came in for free ski, but also for snowboard for wow, with snow she sports.
0: Really paved a behind the scenes path there with that one.
1: Yeah, totally. From wow. a right from a writer's point of view, yeah. like I came in from an industry point of view as far as understanding how sponsorship worked and how you know how athlete pathway path, athlete pathways worked. Mm. Whereas Pam, she came in from the um, she came in from the writer's perspective, and also was the voice was the voice of the sport. As far as someone that had gone through the Olympic pathway, as far as mm. letting people know how they understand, so you know where where that was, in the you know, in the you know the two th- early two thousands mm-hmm. to where we are now, twenty years time, you know, snow sports has grown into this into this you know uh, organisation that effectively does a lot of sport training, the whole nine yards, and um, yeah. So she was one of the innovators back
0: in the day with us. Mm. Thank you, Pam. Yeah, yeah, yeah Pam. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, you, hope you're listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, speaking of strong female riders, you also had Ju Bray on your roster for a while too. Yep,
1: yeah, no, she was um, Ju's yeah, amazing lady. We all, you know, it's very hard not to know know Jew. And, and as I as I mentioned, it was really, you know, from a young grommet, newer from a young grommet coming through, and then from there, she was the, you know, she led the way on freestyle freestyle, you know, female snowboarding. Mm. And um, from the probably, yeah, she is. She's probably the you know who I'd put as the queen of New Zealand New Zealand writing today. Mm, and um, I, and
0: I still don't think she realises how many um, girls she impacted with that cover shot and that interview on New Zealand yeah, Snowwater. Water. Yeah, yeah. And yep. just seeing the girls I worked with in the staff room picking that magazine up, being like, "Holy shit!" Like just seeing the light bulbs go off. And yeah, yeah. Maybe they didn't come sponsored, but they spent seasons trying to get oh, yeah. there. Yeah, and, and totally. And Jew also was, um,
1: you know, like we with the whole team thing. You know, Jew was great because, you know, and, and I must admit, back in the, you know, as far as having female, female free, female freestyle riders. There weren't a lot of them, mm. and she was that. And then, you know, as the likes of um, Cedar and and some of the, you know, the, the younger girls were coming through, Ju really did put them, take them under their wing, as far mm. as guide them through that whole process as well. And uh, and um, you know, she's you know an absolute absolute queen.
0: And did that sort of lead uh, sort of open the door for like Shelly G to come on board? Yeah, sort
1: of thing. yeah, no, yeah, totally So mm. Shelly, Shelley, sh- you know, she uh, she came through And, you know, Shelly was one of those super strong freestyle riders And, yeah, Jew, Jew opened up the path pathway for her as well mm. And then Shelly just took it to the next level
0: Because was she the first Kiwi to place on a, or the podium on the US Open?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, And then pos- And then, and then the other chick that was really in behind her also was Possum Tour yeah Yeah. and so possum was mate, like and, and Possum went off to north you know Possum went off to North America and really you know went away from the north the New Zealand side of things mm, and like she's yeah. still there now yeah no, she is but mm. um I mean, we're is, but you know she was a she was super cool well, I
0: remember Jody Blatchley telling me what well, this must have been 10 years ago now that um, I think he was involved in coaching her doing cab nines yeah I was like, man for Women's fem- freestyle snowboarding back then—that's fucking huge. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? no, yeah. It no, yeah. wasn't many girls worldwide
1: doing those. So. Yeah, no. Possum was, Possum was sort of like the Zephyr Lovelock of today, and, and female Brian, where she she, she just she used to throw a body on the line.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, right. You, know, you you'd sit there and go, whoa. And yeah, she, I mean, she used to, mate. She used to just nail herself Face. Eh? Some of the injuries that those girls used to come through with, and right then, yeah, but but am always there's it, always the same. It's not it's not how you how you go down. It's how you get back up. And uh, you know, but he, skating, snowboarding, you know f- that whole fr- freestyle stuff. You've, you've 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 got to have your body conditioned to a level to to give it a bashing because progression is all about pushing pushing the sport out. And not mm. that I've ever been a a good freestyle or freeride rider myself, but mm. I have such respect for those those kids that go and do what they do because mate, the shit they put their body through is uh, is next level.
0: Mm. And uh, you also had um, Wanaka Legends, Collegians uh, Jackways yeah. boys on your team for a bit too. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Oh, um, yeah. So <laughs> did they get sponsored by you differently? Or they no, they were, they were. In,
1: they were. They in were internally sponsored. Um, oh, right. Yeah, like through. Um, actually, uh, Tim. Tim. He. He. He went through and sort of got a bit of recognition in the North American North American market as far as where what where, what he was doing, mm. and then Will, um, you know, Will mate, God, I love that guy. Will was a is a true bastion and 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 purist of mm. the sport. I think is a great way to say it. And as much as as much as you know, Will was the sort of guy that we never really had an official deal with. Right. It was a scenario where we just wanted to be associated with him. And so we'd just fly him gear and and just keep him there. And, and, you know, to this day, as far as what he does and the way he represents the sport and he's just such a, you know, those Jack boys are just such Kings mm. you know sole kings of the sport and there, and even and in, in, in now will just as far as how he represents you know what he does with with his you know with his business and how he represents New Zealand and how he represents the sport and how he influences mm-hmm. the kids, you know will mate like if again it's all these under these undertones of these amazing writers. You know, and we'd we'd go, you know, we'd have the Burton Opens and Will would come down and he'd be busting up higher than, you know, anyone mm. else in, as far as, you know, progression. <laughs> and everyone was like, who the
0: hell is he? Mm. I, I mentioned a story like that in uh, Abby's one. We're at the 2003 Burton Open and uh, long story short, my mum was there with me and pointing out riders because Russ Powers was there. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, who's the guy going bigger than the Olympic guy? Oh, that's my friend Will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he's a. Yeah, no, he, they, mate, Well, those, those boys are amazing. And, and mm. you know, and, and there's a whole lot. And then, you know, it's quite funny how we talk about, you know, Will, you know, like, you know, hey, do you want to ride for us? And, you know, he goes, no, 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 it's okay. I'm just doing my own thing. And, you know, mm. they, and they'd have their own little programs going mm. on. And then there's also, um, you know, you look at. There was, a, there was all of these little sub. Subgroups around, and you know, and I'll, I'll now mention the likes of the, you know, the unit, the unit boys. Mm, so, <laughs>
0: you know. obviously, all my listeners know, unit was a big deal to me, and I talk about it a lot. But yep. um, unit was founded by one of your team riders, right? Yeah, Ollie. Yeah, Ollie Button. Yeah. Well, there was
1: Ollie, there was Quinton, and there was Trev.
0: Was Trev part of unit as yeah, well? Yeah,
1: no, Trev was in the early days of, of the of the of the unit scenario. Well, mm. in the early sub sub, because he actually brought a couple of. He actually had a couple of. I've actually got a couple of his his boards that we I don't There was a, there was some Syndicate mix up there. kid or something. Yeah, didn't it? yeah. There was yeah. some mix up there, but you know those guys were so pretty low. But but Ollie and Ollie and Quinton were a were a were a key. You know, and you know those guys, mate. Like we're talking, you know, Quinton Quentin and Ollie. Yeah, you know, Ollie was he was our Burton boy, mm. and he was one of our early Burton boys. He was mm. sort of, but he was actually before. You know the Dylan Denny's, and then he went out and started up this unit. And then you've got the likes of Quinton, who was just you know just progressive freestyle freeride.
0: The cat, eh? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, He was. He was the he was the Harkin of New Zealand. There's no Mm. doubt about it. And so with those guys, they had amazing. They had amazing. You know. Um, you know, they and I was totally into them going out and doing their own thing from a board perspective, mm. and they could do whatever they wanted from you know their clothing. And I was like, the only thing that I can do to support them is give them boots and bindings. Yeah. Because basically the the interface the, connect, the the interface that we had as far as with that that Burton boot and binding combination as far as what we had the boards just gave them the the, the level that they could go off and do whatever they and wanted at, to. At, and at that um, time,
0: Burton boots and bindings were the best, and yeah, no, yeah, no, it
1: was, yeah, no, it's and um so they so they went off and they went off and did that, which was which was awesome.
0: Mm. So when that ad come out. Was um, were you guys pissed about that? I've, I've heard so many different stories about that. <laughs> oh, the piss
1: take one with the van, blue. with the van going off the <laughs> yeah. cliff, and it's in the same.
0: It's in the the same year that Magoo had his indie year off the same rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, it depends on who I speak to. And Wanaka, I hear some days, oh yeah, the Burton dudes were so pissed off, and Magoo was furious, and all this shit. Oh yeah. mate, but it's like you
1: know. It, no, it, mate, it's it's like hey, you know, there's this. this you could say, you could say, oh, you know, they took, they took, they, what they did is they took the piss out of us, okay, we mm. wee bit, because all of a sudden, we were sort of in this progressive thing, and, and sort of, it was, that was when, you know, the sport was starting to get a bit bigger, there was more mm. retailers taking it on, it was started to be seen as a lot more mainstream, and we were, we were sort of seen as a bit of a, you know, a, the the, the, the the main the main big the the, the mainstream brand and mm. of course all of the with all the sub brands coming through which is the true mix of of, of you know of mm. branding and sport is that you know the more they came through the bigger the whole the the bigger the pie got
0: so when you say sub brands. Um, An example would that would be when Ride had liquid in fifty one fifty.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that and you know and then and then you know Ride then all of a sudden Ride came came you know like Mm. there was Bird and then in came Ride and then then Mm. they all started getting their own distribution and that was in the that was when in the days where all of a sudden every from a numbers point of view the amount of people snowboarding in New Zealand would double. Mm. and for about five years that just went from double to double to double and in the, the, the sport the sport got really big really fast yeah and um we're in a situation where it was actually really hard to keep up with the demand as far as getting there there so um so we those guys came through um I suppose you could call it you know take take the piss out of the big you know the take the piss out of the big guys mm. and um mate, personally
0: I didn't get. Mm, i didn't even think of it i mean i was, <laughs> I was 15 i was just like cool like,
1: yeah totally going off, and it was you know? cool it was super cool it's <laughs> and um and you know it's a it's a scenario where you know God, you know you can look at it different ways but if you if you lost sleep over shit like that mate you're not going to go far <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and um well while we're still talking about team riders um dino johnston was a big part of new zealand snowwood scene for a long time yep. I just remember seeing pictures of him on like Harkenir and Air in the Twin Forty Seven. Was he a writer for you?
1: Yeah, no, Dino was part of the part of the the, the crew, and you know he was also because we had we also had this sort of like um, we had our writers, and then we had our regional, guys and then we had our, sh- our shop guys, mm. and so it was really key as far as where those shop with those shop guys came through, and so you know Wanaka down here, as much as we had wide load up in Christchurch, mm. we had like the boardhouse down here. Yeah. And, the board, and, and the board house and Dino had a – and, you know, we on a personal level, you know, Dino, you know, mate, we, we, personally, you know, we had a good relationship there. And so there was the, you know, what we call – we used to call it the, the higher ground freeload team. Oh yeah. yeah, so it was like people that would just, you know, we'd come and we'd just give them stuff for the hell of it. and just like um, too good, not too. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, – he was effectively you know part of the whole team freeload um, which was which was good and, and it was it was a situation from a business model when I look back at it now the amount of gear that we flowed to 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 crew just for the fact of looking after you know if if you if you were to redo it and you know you're like right well, should I have made some money out of this and and gone through the whole process you'd probably rewrite the book as far as how the whole but, thing went but we but didn't it
0: was worth it I mean it's got to be worth it for the images that ended up in New Zealand Snowwater with Dino on oh, the Akanir totally. oh oh it was amazing I just thought whoa he's exactly and that to, and that's you know?
1: but that was the true thing Tony it was mm. like those those points that influenced the likes of yourself and other people as far as what they were doing Mm. was why the whole sport grew. Yeah. And it was why the whole... Good vibe about what it was and how it was, and and it was a, it was it, 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 we called it the golden year. You know, you look back at it now, and it was what we called the golden years of snowboarding, mm. where everything was just it was like a it was like a bulldozer going through the industry, mm. and so um,
0: the ski industry hadn't really caught up.
1: Yet. Yeah, and we were just we were just yeah. we were just having the, we were just having the time of our lives. Mm. I think I think you know living the dream. I think it was yeah. all of I mean, a sudden we're in a situation where we were we were um, you know riding. Having fun,
0: um, looking after each other, and it was it was a it was a, it was a great thing. Mm. And then he went on to um, do his brand chop, which became quite a mainstay in yeah international snowboarding Huge. circles. Yeah,
1: mate, they, 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 you know you see the amount of chop beanies that turned up all over the world in different I was, scenarios. Was,
0: a, I remember seeing pictures of Danny Davis on the Dew Tour with chopstickers on. the floor, <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Whoa."> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and yeah and while we're on the subject of New Zealand team writers, this team rider will remain nameless but um why was one of your team riders called the stabber?
1: <laughs> the stabber oh well there was uh, the, we'll, we'll, we'll remain it though, but it's it was one of those stories where you know it was late at night we'd been at a party and we got home late at night and uh there was some screaming from a young lady next door, and it, it's even though they were having a great time, it sounded like there was something else going on. And we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that, but no, put it this way no one, no, everyone had a good time and no one died. But God, it sounded like it, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's leave that one nameless. Yeah, yeah, notorious.
0: And um, before we move on from team riders, uh, I think we've got to talk about Marcus Whirley.
1: Oh, the Whirly bird, the whirly bird. Oh, right. So, so as much as what was happening in New Zealand, there was the same deal happening over in Australia with my good mate Wes Fab, and so he had what was called Expression Sports over there, and so we had a, there was higher ground. There was higher ground in. Um, there was high ground in, in New Zealand and, and expression sports in Australia and they sort of wither there. So but what happened was we, we used to, you know, every year We'd bring the Aussies over, you know, and ironically, it was it was all part of the, um, you know, it always coincided with a with a with a Test match, you know, mm. a rugby Test match. It always coincided with the events that we were doing or something like that. But Whirly, Bur- Whirly Bird, you know, he was just the clown, mate. There was no doubt about it, and you know, love him to death, mm. hang out with him, brother, brother at heart. There's no doubt about it. But um, yeah, but Whirly used to come over, and you know, again, talented just talent 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 through and through mm-hmm. but um he was the he was the he was the dirty Aussie that we uh that would come through and uh, I'll never forget one day it was it was Qu- Queenstown we just had some event somewhere and and it was seven o'clock seven o'clock in the morning and and after the test match and and you know we'd all been going out and we used to have this thing whoever whoever lost the test match got their head shaved so the Kiwis either got their head shaved or the Aussies got their teeth shaved fortunately we'd won that year and so uh, Whirly had this massive mop of hair, and we basically gave him a Krusty the Clown you know, <laughs> he, he, he hairdo. His right hair colour for it too, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I'll never forget, 7 o'clock in the morning, there we were, uh, down, downtown Queenstown, getting coffees, and then round the corner, hadn't been to bed yet, Lord knows where he'd been, um, came barefooted, Krusty the Clown running through, and um, yeah, so uh, we picked him up, put him in the back of the car and said, come with us,
0: Whirly. I think your night's over. He's like, yeah. never, never. Now he's an honorary Kiwi, pretty much. He's living over in Queenstown, he is. town Yeah, no, yeah, over in
1: an Arrowtown, and uh, yeah, he and Sneeda they're having over there, raising kids like the rest of us, and mm. uh, trying to be b- trying to be grown ups about life.
0: So with uh, <coughs> bringing Burton into the country through high ground and whatnot, this obviously led to international trips. Yep. Um So I'm guessing you did a bit of a stint with trade shows in the US.
1: Yeah, no, and, and, and this was this was the this uh, I suppose this is the the, the privilege of the job yeah. back then was the fact that, you know, we did get to we I, used to, I, I did a lot of travel, and when I say a lot of travel, if you talk to Cheryl now, she used to, you know, I'd be away three four months of the year, and that would be, you know, in our summers would be their winters, and so I do a lot of, um, you know, and and you know, it's actually yeah, it's a it's it's actually an honour that that what that provided to me so i got to ride the all of the mountains you know right through europe and and north america and and ride with some pretty amazing people and go some incredible you know incredible trade you know well trade shows were a bit crazy because you know, i can actually remember going to going to I think you'd go to Salt Lake City to a trade show, and we never actually ended up at the trade show. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> so we'd end, up, we'd end up somewhere. We'd either go to the mountains riding and end up in some bars and bits and pieces like that, because we were there just as far as part of the whole scene and, and running. and um, But but also in those trade shows where you sort of started to pick up and meet a whole lot of other people as far as other brands, and you know from there as far as what higher ground was there, we started to represent other 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 brands and, you know, the likes of over the years we've done a full palanthera of different different you know at one at one stage I think when higher ground was and in its in its I think we had sixteen we might have had sixteen staff and supplying like two hundred stores and with about six six different brands. So What were they,
0: are the other brands? Were they all Burton umbrella brands like? Anabond no, no,
1: no, no. no. Or we or? so we had you know Burton had its umbrella like the Anons and the and Anon Red um, and the you know there mm. and then also and you know obviously in came the forums etc on mm. those lines and when they when they bought when they bought out that that there but then also over the years we represented the likes of Hurley Channel Islands oh, right um, mm. uh, Spy. Uh, Nixon was a was a big one for years, so there was a there was a massive umbrella as far as you know what we supplied and how we supplied it, and so the trade shows and what that represented there. But and also they'd we'd, we'd go off and you know they'd do these um, you know sales meetings in amazing locations and you know South America and Europe and mm. and Japan and all sorts. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, uh so you when I look back as far as what the what the sp- the sports provided as far as traveling the world doing 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 what i loved and also with a with a, a massive family mm. that you met on a regular basis and they used to come down here and hang out as well it was a it was a it was a it was a i think it's an honor is as is, is, is what what it so it was really. most
0: of your travel related to higher ground you weren't doing any snow trips on your own because you were no, no, always
1: no. I'd, I'd take off for somewhere, with the, go off with the, you know, when because we I used to have a whole lot of mates that used to live all in different parts of the world, mm. and so I would go and do some business, then I go, hey, I'm coming through, hang out with them, and you know, we used to do some amazing tours in the Tahoe back country and the snowmobiles, oh, nice. and and you know, I, I, you know, Europe, mate, mate, like European riding is people just do not realise the size of some of those resorts there. It's just mm. absolutely massive, and and Japan well, it doesn't get any better when, yeah. it, when it comes to power. And, and um, yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah, living the dream, I suppose, which
0: is a good way to describe it. Nice. And um, <clears throat> so you've had a big hit or something about 10 years into running Higher Ground.
1: Yeah, actually, this is yeah, pretty crazy story. Um, yeah, so Higher Ground had been going and, and everything going, gone. And, and by by then, um, you know, it's it, we'd, we'd set up a really amazing group of people that we were working with and this is you know when you're telling stories you, you know there's the there's jay there's sunny fisher and this is and and, and and as much as i'm sitting here the the a massive person that's is behind all of this and the reason this whole thing is actually my wife cheryl mm. like you know she's 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 the most incredible you know call of the brains department of the operation mm. um and we actually had a really amazing team and and um, as much as the, you know, the, the Maddie P's and the Sonny's and the J's and that there, we also had the the back end of the organisation, you know, and Cheryl, she's, she's been my business, we've been, we've been doing, we've been working together for, you know, over 25 years now and, and, you know, love it a bit and she's just an incredible woman as far as how, how she operates and then there's also the likes of this lady called Liz Turner who was in the, in the early days, lady by the name of Annie Fallow who used to do all our accounts and operations um, and then uh, another lady, Sally Hayek Graves, and anyone that's been associated with, with Burton or Higher Ground over the years would know who these people are because they were the they were the bombshells in the engine room of, of what we did. But then on the other side of things, um, um, you know, we had the likes of Sunny. Um, race loud and he came and he came and joined it and then he went off and did t7 a whole other thing but they were they were key people and, and obviously um and maddie p um maddie proctor oh my god so how did maddie
0: proctor come on well maddie oh
1: my god so maddie used to work for cheapskates right and he was he was like that he was he was the heart he was the cheapskates buyer and so, Maddie, this is in Christchurch. Maddie used to, you know, he used to buy, you know, something you know he used to be their snow buyer and this, you know, and he was really good. And, and Maddie, he was the hardest person to sell to. Like, shit, you know. Really? Yeah, he, mate, he was, you know, I used to sit there and just talk to him and he'd just be super. Cutthroat, and you know he used to, you know, he'd give the impression that he just hated Burton, and we really? pretty, I think he did actually, wow. to be perfectly honest. And but so he's
0: the most dude I've met. No, no, he's like, awesome, yeah. mate.
1: He's, <laughs> he loves the passion, the whole thing. So it was a situation when we, when, when Burton bought Forum and the whole thing transferred, and also Forum came under our there. There was only one person. That was there, and that was Maddie P. And I, was, I, I came up with the, well, if you can't fight him, join him, So I went to Maddie and said, Maddie, can you come and work with us? And he's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so, 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 pulled, so, so pulled Maddie in, and um, yeah. So that's how they, And then Sonny Fisher, buddy. God, oh, what a king, buddy. The the Aussie. Um, worked for on the smell of an oily rag. Went through the whole scenario. Used to run the demos and and just a you know just an absolute GC. And then uh, and then also we got y- young Jay Smith Jay who's Smith. who's still in the still in the picture so to so speak. He's,
0: he's Burton's uh, man on the ground here now. He yeah, it is. Awesome. Kaylee.
1: Yeah, little 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 grommet.
0: So how did
1: you meet Jay? Well, funny story that one because like you know how we used to talk about the ads, the Burton ads. Yeah. Mate, I used to shoot some of the photos. Yeah. Like, so it was a situation where and all of a sudden we were starting to do I was starting to bring early into the country mm. and um, and so I'm down at the Washington skate park and I'm sitting there taking some photos and I'm just like oh, you know I'm far from a skate photographer but you know it's mm. just about getting some, some imagery with some young kids that were running through and whether it got used or how it got used but and hardly of them did but and all of a sudden this little punk comes up to me comes and goes what are you doing? I'm like what do you mean what am I doing? You know I'm like Taking photos. Well, who are you? And I'm like, well, what's it matter to you? And and he just kept on bugging me and asking mm. me all these questions about, you know. Of course, he's just this midget. Mm. You know, he's <laughs> you know, no Jay's a midget now, but he's even he's even more of a midget then. And and um and one thing led into another, and then um and then he, and then he was working in a in a in, in west and on the west coast in a key store or something cutting keys and selling bites and stuff and then and then we just communicated and then I, i'm like bugger it i need i need a little fucking i need a little punk because he was sponsored by burton and hurley and the, the, i brought him there and i'm like right so i rang him i said oh jay you know do you want to come and be my be my sidekick as far as running the demo tour and come and you know running clinic tours and bits and pieces like that and he's like fuck yeah excuse the french mm. um and uh and running out so um, in came in came young jay smith and uh, from there it was like david and goliath i was the big tall lanky guy he was the little short grommet and we used to roll around and and running there and um, yeah, it was pretty funny actually we had some we we actually we actually we had a name for ourselves we called ourselves team asshole team asshole yeah <laughs> 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 'Cause we used because we used to have to go around and do all these buddy you know, mate, the amount of beer and pizza that we used to have, but every time Whenever you don't you deliver all the product, you go and do what they would call these clinic tours, mm. and you turn up and you know it was on the beers and the pizza with the crew, and then one thing would lead to another, and you'd end up going off and you know through and um and so Jay Jay was a bit of a rebel back then, well a wee bit of a rebel. He always just in a bit of but he was he was he was like the young guy that used to go and wind everyone up sometimes, and and I'd be the guy that would try and sort it all out at the other end. Oh but, really? Yeah, but um no he no not really, but one. I'll never forget one time we are going up the West Coast and I said, and, and he's like super young and naive and, and running through and I'm like, oh Jay, like when we're on tour we've got to go and, um, you know, we've got to have a feed of oysters mate, Got to, you know, pull over and get a feed of oysters, you're keen for some oysters, he goes, yuck, I hate oysters, they taste like cum shots, <laughs> and I was like, oh do they?
2: Yeah, uh, right, how, yeah. how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> you know that you
1: know. Yeah, no, but um, good old Jay, good mm. mate, and um. Yeah, we spe- we still spend a lot of a, a lot of a lot of time mm. together, and there yeah, and um, yeah, but get it so so yeah so just talking about the crew at Higher Ground, mm. so we had this whole network going on, mm. and which was amazing. And then I think I just turned thirty. Yeah, gone yeah I just turned thirty, and and it sort of got to the stage where the business was getting a bit bigger, and, and I had to go and 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 the guy goes, oh for your insurance, you've got to go and have this. This blood test, you know, to make sure you're healthy. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, what? So my, my my mate who was a doctor, he said, oh yeah, no, come come in. And so um, I went in and had the blood test. And he, and he rings me the next day and he goes, guy, you realise that for the blood test the night before you weren't supposed to go out drinking. You're, you know, you, you weren't allowed to have any breakfast. You, you know, the the test has come through all whacked up. Can you go and do another one? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go and do another one. And so he comes in and and um, and I go and do another one. And he rings me the next day and he goes, ah. Uh, I think you got to come in and see me, and I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, yeah. Come and see me, and we'll have we'll have a yarn. I'm just like, oh, yeah. So I walked into the doctor's office and sat there, and he goes, he goes, I don't know, I don't know how to tell you this, mate, but basically, um, you've got full blown hepatitis C. Holy shit! And you've got about five percent of your liver still working. And I just, Gosh. I was just like, I just had, like Cheryl and I, you know, with there we just had my first son, Blake, who was like one year old. And it was a scenario where we were just, uh, well, shit, what's going to happen here? And um, and I said, well, what's this mean? He goes, well, pretty much you've got to, you know, you've sort of got to, got to go through this program and you've got to, like a 10% chance of surviving. You know, and I'm just like, really? And he goes, yeah, no, it's pretty serious. So I had to go and um, and this was a bit of a shock to me. I was just like, holy shit, I'm pretty, because I'm pretty fucked. And so I went in, and the whole treatment program back then was you had to go on this thing called the interferon program, which effectively was like going through chemotherapy without the radiation. So for a year, I had to go through as far as injecting myself with this with this drug, taking a whole lot of drugs, and going through a whole process. And I had to do it for a full year, and at the end of the year, they'd tell you whether you'd kick, you'd kick the hep C, hep C or not. And, um, and the question, of course, the question is, well, how would you get the hep C? And I'm like, well, um, I, I, I had no idea. And generally back in those days, it was like from being a junkie as far as sharing needles, etc. Mm. But when I was 20, I'd had a car crash. And uh, I'd had a big car crash. And in that big car crash, um, I would basically went over the, the steering wheel. And it, had, it had, basically the steering wheel had collapsed so hard into my chest that basically it had severed my spleen my spleen off and so I'm in the hospital and it was like and I went went to the toilet at like you know one o'clock in the morning and pissed pure blood I'm just like holy shit and from there one thing led to another went in and um and effectively you know when they opened me up and to take the spleen out and everything I actually flatlined and died on the table and I can remember that whole scenario but that's that's another story for another day but what they did is they had to give me six six liters of of blood Mm -hmm. and in that six liters of blood when i was 20 there was a there was a one of one of one of the leaders was a was hep c Mm -hmm. and so basically and 10 years later i found out there so had to go through this whole process of and effectively i had to leave higher ground for a year i was like had to pull pull up stumps and go through this whole process and as much as i went through the 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 side of things as far as on the, the 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 hospital side of things, good mate of mine Tom Dawson, who was a who was a biochemist, he put me through a training program and deep tissue massages, and went through the whole natural side. And I'll um and I'll never forget. A year later, <coughs> you know, stopped drinking for a year, um, and you know, cut everything out as far as lived a lived a perfectly clean life because I'm like mate, I've only got one chance of this, mm. and. Uh, <clears throat> went in and, and and the whole crew, the whole higher ground crew. Basically, I left the scene. Cheryl and the and the team just ran the businesses, business as normal, and and full credit to those guys because you know they couldn't could have done anything. Yeah, their, boss has team. Yeah, boss has team. And uh, went in and I'll never forget the day I went in there and and uh, went and had my final blood test. Like you stop doing all the drugs and everything, and then they go and give you the final blood test a year later. To, and uh, and my doctor ran and He goes, you kicked it i was just like it was it was amazing (laughs) feeling because it was a i was going to survive but fortunately um where my liver was was pretty fucked Mm. um it was a scenario where the liver is the only body is the only organ in the body that can rebuild itself and so now from there kick the hep c livers back full full liver function tests every year and, um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a scenario where, you know, it was a big blow at the time, and mm. as much as everything was cranking forward from a health scenario, I was come back. But, again, I always go back to that scenario. It's not what it's not what kicks you, but what gets you back up and running. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a scenario. But, every, you know, everyone's got a story, and that's just one. But I, I, when I revert back to how That whole thing came around as I just look back as far as who my team was at higher ground and the sport and the industry and everything now. And and without them, as far as what they did, I possibly wouldn't be here today to be able to allow me to take off for a year and, and do that whole rebuild scenario. Damn, yeah, yeah, that's good. A
0: heavy. Show.
2: Yeah,
1: it was pretty good. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. It's cra- And, and I, mean, I, I learned a lot about myself. And, mm. and now, I also, though, from what I learned there, um. I've, you know, I've got actually a bit of a secret recipe that I use, and I've, I've, I work with a lot of people that, you know, sometimes go through really heavy health scenarios, um, both uh, physically and mentally, as far as there, and because uh, it was a massive mental blow for me to come through, and um, and I use that now, and and I suppose. You know, from what I learned, as far as going through that on that side, I, um you know, I take I take a lot of if someone if I find someone in a situation of like that, and from a health scenario, it's it's always good to share your story with them, as far as mm. coming through the other mm. end.
0: Would you like to share what you learned about yourself, or is that obvious?
1: what I learned about myself? Um Yeah, I, I I learned about the fact of how you can change when it's a situation of of having to having to really knuckle down and come from a come from a really bad position Mm. it's mind over matter as far as what you do and how you do it and a lot of a lot of what really helped me also was the people around me and the support I had Mm. you know when the chips are down and you're in a situation where you know there's like when you look at the data it's Mm. there and um and it's a situation of just you know knuckling down, concentrating on what you have to do. Listen to your mates. Listen to what's going on. And I one thing I did learn about mm. that was is was um, I'd always I'd never really focused on natural natu- natural health mm. um, as far as what what the body can repair itself and how it, how that worked. And from there, I learned a really a lot about myself as far as how that works. And um, and but a big thing is you know. Yeah, this is it's, you're only as good as your mates, mm. and when when you're down and your mates and and you know and you know like everyone's going to get a big hit at some height at some stage, mm. and when you're down, it's really important to reach out to your friends and your mates around you because that's where you get your support, and um, it's always good to talk about things and you know, roll out from there. So that was a, a big a big a big part of it.
0: Mm. Yeah, <coughs> one team rider I forgot to mention sort of. One of my many awkward segues on this. Podcast. <laughs> I'll just open up one of these. Yeah, we go. Yeah, There's a Carlos Garcia Knight. Ooh. And uh, so Rommy. How, how did Carlos get into the picture with you and Burton?
1: Oh well, Carlos. Well, ironically, Carlos and I, make uh, uh, Carlos, I, I, I was a, got associated with the Garcia Knights way before Carlos ever, ever existed. Before right. he is even a twinkle in his dad's eye, so um, early days of early days of Christchurch, mm-hmm. first year running Burton out of uh, Starwood, uh, sort of when I oh no actually because when I when I spent the year down here in um, at the Rabbiters Hut with the with the abitur at the at the Ha-Wear Hotel, mm-hmm. um, I went up to Christchurch and I got a house out at the beach out there and and lived out in Sumner. And um, I had this. We did this little shed out the back of Star Starwood Lane, which was you know, which was the home of higher ground for quite some years. And um, and my mates lived down the road. Um, yeah, still really good mates to this day. But he, Callum and Jimmy and Louie and you know, just crazy, crazy tequila drinking fellows. <laughs> and anyway, one night they they brought this brought this crazy Spanish guy home, and he had just he had just come to New Zealand. He'd never. He didn't speak a word of English, and he was just, and for some reason, he became our, our pet mate, um, and so we'd, we'd take him wherever we ta- we him. We used to take him up the mountain. We used to, you know, take him to bars and, you know, just get him in trouble and, and come come up, you know, and, and we literally were teaching him English.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. We, we
1: taught him English. He taught us a little bit of Spanish, but we didn't hear. Anyway, um, anyway, this fellow is now Carlos's
0: dad. Right.
1: So, so, hubby. Javi, uh, it's back in, back in the day, and so um, so I've known Javi, hubby and Javi's now a very successful entrepreneur, restaurant entrepreneur in in, in Christchurch, and um, and so Javi effectively, you know, got married, and you know, we'd obviously taught him the right things to say to ladies in Christchurch back there, because he managed to secure a beautiful wife, um, and then from there they had uh, they had Carlos, and so um, and so one day. Uh, I mean that I mean, and and you know, he, he hey, hey guy, hey guy, come to see you. You know, my son Carlos, he's very good, he's very good rider. Want to come see? So they walked in, and basically because Javi was the and Carlos was his son, he was on Team Freeload right from the start. So it was, um, right. you know, he was. <laughs> and of course, he he had quite a good association with the stores in town, and so through that the the store rider program, and mm. there, and actually Jay, um, Jay. Jay was pretty in, Jay was amazing in the fact that he had his um you know because I'm you know I'm not a skater I'm not mm. you know I'm not in the well, Jay's a phenomenal yeah kid. no and so so you know I was the I was you know I was that guy you know the, mm. I was that guy but where, where Jay was and where is the likes of Matty Proctor and where is the the higher ground crew mm. they were the they were the guys with the heart on the heart on the pulse of the industry mm. as far as what's going on and if those guys came to me and said hey we got to look after this kid, it was like we look after that kid. Mm. There's no, there's no. It's 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 about it's about you know you know working as a team and and taking people's recommendations as far as who who does what and where. And so Jay had actually come to me and said, look, you know, there's this young kid, Carlos, of which I didn't even know Harvey was his dad at that stage. Mm. And then the, the the whole thing came around, and so Harvey and Carlos came in, and and from there, you know, Carlos became part of the became part of the family mm. and um yeah and he is he is and you know i've, I've he, he's he's grown, he's grown with he's grown with our family and i've grown with his family and uh yeah it is true family to there, and, and um yeah he's a great kid great rider just amazing evolved, yeah evolved amazing and powerful yeah, and,
0: snowboarder yeah now, it, no totally
1: you know. and um yeah and and if you've met if you've met carlos and you know who he is he's just he's just a super super cool kid and light young man yeah yeah totally and a a real you know he's the he's he's a you know he's a he's a great ambassador for Mm. um the sport for new zealand and going down that you know true professional path of Mm. of going through and and when you look at those riders now when you look at you know zoe and and carlos and those those you know the the quintessential top new zealand riders and and there it's a um you know they're all they're all you know soul to the earth and, and mm. good people at heart as far as pushing pushing the sport
0: yeah. out. Uh, before we move on, I'm just got to give a shout out to Jay for holding the Burton program down in New Zealand now. It's like,
1: <laughs> fucking yeah, no, totally. He's uh, yeah, it's quite good because now I'm on Team Freeload Ah,
0: sweet. Doing 180s ourselves, eh? Yeah, totally. Boy, him. it's
1: way, it's way, it's way better. It's way better being on so Team so Freeload than running on the other side. So
0: you rock around to the apartment, and be like, oh, "Yeah, totally, running I'm running? like, Hey,
1: Daniel. I was like, "Oh, here comes guy. Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I've done a full, I've done a full role reversal. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy.
0: Shot, Jay. <laughs> so, punk. <laughs> when High Ground was based out of Christchurch and. From what I can gather from talking to Spy, like Christchurch was a bit of a hub for that international snowboarders coming in, yep, sort of thing. And even though you, even though you dealt with Burton, you're also sort of a hub to a lot of travelling pros that weren't Burton riders, yeah, yeah. And
1: that and that, that and that and that all came out of um, that all came out of you know with the trade shows, hmm. international travelling and stuff. And so you know, snowboarding was this big family and as much as it was you know and it really was you know especially in those in those you know early you know the 90 through the 90s into the you know the the early 2000s snowboarding was a big family and it was it wasn't really about who you rode for or you know what brand it was like and so what happened and, and back then also in the in the movie in the in the you know there were some pretty cutting edge um, um, uh, videographers You know, there was the, you know, there was cinema, Dave Sione, you Mm. know, uh, Mac MacDog Productions mm. and those guys and so I, I sort of got to meet those guys in trade shows and different because what they did, they used to get employed by Burton to come and do the photo shoots mm. so all of a sudden in would come you know I'd get a store i get, sto- get a call from um, Mad Dog and he's like hey gang we're coming to New Zealand do you want to come on time with us and I'm like yeah sure okay all you have to do is arrange everything we'll pay for the rest and I'm like yeah sweet as. okay this sounds yeah. awesome so um, he'd turn up with like a star-studded lineup of you know Jay and you know and peter lines mm. and you know harkin and, and like we'd 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 rent these cars and go touring around and i'd go and take them to all the all the all the good spots to go and you know mm. go and find so you yeah, had some great times there and then and and so that actually happened you know and that, that was in the days of the tv tv2 and tv3s mm. and, and I mean, Mag, Mag, like Mag, huge, yeah right? magdog yeah. productions and um yeah and we go i would go hang out with them and 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 they, where were they they were in Tahoe, they'd have their setups ups in Tahoe and we'd just go and hang out with them and, and you know, it was like, like you could turn up to their house and it was like you were family. you are just like, Hey, I'm in town, turn up, hang out and they and it was this whole reciprocal scenario. But yeah, I remember, you know, some of the scenarios up at Starwood Lane up in um in Christchurch where I'd just walk into I'd walk into my, into my lounge and it would just be like holy shit you know if you were like you know as far as the who's who of snowboarding like jaw would drop they <laughs> were there pulling bongs dream <laughs> pizza <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> living the, living 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 the dream it was um yeah so that, that was all good and then you know and out of that um you know there came the whole you know you know the the, the filming of the harkin
0: factor and,
1: and the and all that and so yeah I, I i had a lot to do with the whole film production in new zealand for quite so some years
0: Dave's the only film, Cinema's the only film in Harkin Factor, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that was filmed around Methven or around your stomach grounds. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: So, and they were in the early days with um, Methven Halley, you know, out the back there. So, um, you know, they, they Meth and Halley, like, man, that was, that, they used to call that the Alaska of the South. Yeah? Yeah, no, no. So if you go out into the Two Thumb Range... Like it's you know out of Methven, round the bag, right up the top of the Rakaia Gorge, and into you know the northern aspects of of Mount Cook etc. There's some amazing terrain there, and they were they used to come in here, and they'd go in there for years, and it was pretty it was pretty undercover as far as where they were going and what they were doing, and so they they used to go into areas where the traditional heli ski guys would never go, and so yeah. these guys would list out there to. To, 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 to push it out. And um, so, yeah, there, and then, so, you know, did a lot with those guys as far as finding the, finding what we called the fresh fields, yep. shit that's never been shot. And, of course, they could just shoot the living shit out of that. Yeah. And then they'd have fresh stock for the North American North American winters. And then no one would know where they shot it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So. And so it was undercut. And so we had a, yeah. we actually had a deal with Meth Halley that it was right. like, mate, that we, we had an exclusive with Beth and Heli. I think it was for like three, two or three years. Awesome. Is the fact that you know this is this is ours. I can't touch it, so they could come back and so a lot of that. And then that came out of because these guys came in under the Burton umbrella, so we held that for mm-hmm. we held that for a wee while, um, and which was pretty cool. And then also, um, Danny, mate, my old good mate, Danny Meyer, he used to bring the Rad Air team out, That's right. and um, and we used to do some pretty crazy. You know, they they Danny was more of a traditionalist. Um, and he was more into the whole
0: traditionalist as in
1: the soul of the sport, right? Yeah, yeah and, and like so, we go and do missions into Olympus. Mm. Yeah, we did this incredible mission once. It was so cool. We went and stayed in Olympus, and this big dump came through, and then uh, we're like, right, we went right to the top, and we dropped and we drop down the back, we drop down the backside, mm. um, and then where the river comes out, and the whole nine yards, and got picked up in these jet boats, and so they'd shoot these. They do these really unique soul, you know, side of things. Whereas, you know, the big the big companies would come and do this whole, um, you know, the big, you know, flashing lights, n- make it look good, you know, mm. sell the living shit out of it as far as selling more. Whereas, whereas Rad Air and those guys were more about the lifestyle and the, and, the, and the air. And ironically now, when you look as far as where snowboarding is portrayed and and where brands are portrayed in in, in sport it's more that they re- it's about lifestyle yeah it's not so much about you know the the, the the it's about you know taking 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 the sport mainstream and and having a connection for um, you know I'm no you know, I'm no marking guy but you know but we, but when you look as well I suppose and to a certain degree um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's but it's it, 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 it's that whole representation of the sport and balancing in with the connection with the you know with the lifestyle that that you know you and I live yeah yeah it's it's yeah. it's this is what we do this is what we love and it's that it's that true essence of of you know doing what we do and and that moment of getting to the top of the mountain on a powder day and looking at that slope belief mm. that's ready to go and you. everyone knows that feeling you can't be that yeah, yeah. you can't be that
0: yeah. especially when you've made the effort and you've walked a couple of hours yeah yeah, and and, the, uh, and, I the, can't and believe no one's got. And here actually, first, one, actually,
1: yeah. one, there was a, there was a, there was you know we used to have the you know companies have their theories and you know their their, their rule their, not their rules but their um, you know what the whole essence of the of the brand is about. Mm. In higher ground, we had this one word that pretty much the end was stoked. It was the yeah. stoke. It was the stoke of what we did for riders. It was the stoke of what we did for. Um, events. It was the stoke of what we did for um, you know representing the sport and and how we did it. And it was the stoke of all getting getting into the mountains together and and riding together and enjoying it. So um, yeah, that was a that was a big part of it. And I suppose what I really enjoyed I really enjoyed about um, my as far as representing New Zealand to the international stage mm. with the whole film connection side of things yeah. was actually. Putting New Zealand on a, you know, on a on a platter.
0: People would have been freaking out when they seen the Harken Factor. Where oh my god, where the fuck is it? Yeah,
1: that? but and, but yeah. but all of a sudden, international tourism. It was like mm-hmm. all of a sudden we were putting New Zealand. You know, we were putting New Zealand on the on a on in the international mm. stage. Like, and and people people were like holy shit this place exists and and, and they came
0: hmm. and like later on like when travis rice did that's it that's all how many writers do you reckon bought tickets to new zealand because of holy shit look at that yeah like, yeah yeah <clears throat> um, so what's the harkin factor was that terrier's first trip to new zealand
1: no 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 um harkin's first trip together was with mad dog productions
0: all right
1: yeah um and fuck that's a funny story holy <laughs> shit so here I, so 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 mag rings me and he goes uh and actually the Burton marketing team rang me and they said oh look we're sending Harkin down I'm like oh god here we go and he goes we're sending him with the gooch Peter line and um, and Jamie Lynn so that was that was my that was my Damn. <coughs> that was my team that's, that was that, that was that's yeah. <laughs> <team>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um so I picked, so I met them in Queenstown uh, I said okay boys we had like a I think we had like a ten-day tour, and we were, you know, there was a couple of storm cycles, and we had to hit a few things. We had a couple of promo things. We had to go and do some kiss the baby sort of stuff. Um, anyway, so got the gooch, got Harkin, um, put got we in Queenstown, put them in the motel room, and I'm just like, right, got the got the got the got the crew, landed them, you know, he it, and Harkin was just blowing up, and it was just he was this, mm. he was, he was he was he was the he was the new fucking king of snowboarding. Anyway, so I wake up in the morning, and uh, and I'm like, oh, shit, things are a bit quiet, but he, yeah, went and knocked on, went and knocked on their door, and, and I don't know, the hotel where we were staying was, you know, some, so, anyway, so I'm, I go, I walk into his, and he goes, Ugh, I hear this groan, I'm just like, oh, yeah, fuck, and so I walk in, and I walk in, and I go past, you know how when you walk into a hotel room, there's somebody, you know, the en suite, you know, mm. and I walk in, and I'm looking there, and there's fucking blood all over it it's like there's it's you know it's covered in you know the mirror's covered in blood the sinks all bl- you know there's blood everywhere and i'm just like holy shit what's happened i'm just like here we go i've got harkin in here and there's just in there and i go and he's he's in bed and he's just quivering like you know like you know i'm just like i'm like dude are you okay you know like you know and i'm just like oh and, and you know he could hardly talk and I'm just like right, okay, right. You know, I was in a wee bit of a panic mode here. I'm mm. just like, holy shit, what's happened? The world's
0: you know? best water and there's a whole lot of yeah. Plugs. yeah and he's yeah. under my,
1: he's under my wing, and you know, maybe some, something really bad's happened. And I'm like, did you get in a fight? You know what happened? He goes, no, no, we've just been here. And, and so I, t- you know, got him up, got some water into him, took him to the took him to the, took him to the medical centre, and um and they're like, oh, and they had, had a check out, and they're like, oh no, you're okay. You know, your bloods, everything's for and, and um. And I'm like, okay, right. And so we, get, we leave the medical center and we're going back to the hotel. And he goes, okay, I need to tell you something. I'm like, oh, what's that? He goes, oh, me and the gooch, we took too many pot cookies on the plane on the way over here. And we got here and they hit hard. <laughs> <laughs> so the little punks got on the plane, took a whole lot of cookies... And basically, just he, I picked them up. They spaced out, and basically, he vomited them, vomited them up so hard, he but he vomited everywhere. you will probably hear the story and he'll be like, "Why the hell do you have to tell that?" It's okay, Harkin, you're okay. Some of you, some of your stories I won't tell, but you know that. But uh, that was a pretty, that was a pretty funny introduction to um, to Tarei. and um, yeah, from the mate. He's he's been back in the country, and again, he's just like one. Of, he's he's super. You know, super talented, super cool kid. Mm. Um, well, man, I should you know, based yeah. in, it's a lot of time in Hawaii now with his young family, and uh, yeah, again, you can just turn up on turn up on the doorstep. But uh, yeah, there were some great tours there, and and uh, yeah, and then he used to come back regularly, and and um, yeah, he used to bring back. Likes of you know Mickey Albin and Mueller and and you know Freddie and he had his he had his, his little right and 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 now you and another one of his proteges that came through and a good mate of his now Michael Bang you know oh yeah probably you know one of uh, I you know if I was to run through the the List of riders that you know just who I put up on a pedal still that's that guy
0: so you stoked you won the um Travis Rice competition yeah and yeah yeah
1: and and so 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 banger mm. um old banger he used to come through god who, who 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 he used to come you know he was in the early uninc days but he was the nice guy of the you know you had your Roman De Marches and your all the crazy, crazy guys used to go through fucking windows of shops mm. and stuff when we were down here, and and then, but, you know, Banger, he was, he was, he was pretty cool. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think, I think he actually married a Danish princess or something, really? and now he's, he's like royalty. So and,
0: Nickelbang's royalty. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> With those campfires <laughs> and those front three
1: yeah, noses. Yeah, so was, yeah, so he goes through. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we, we we have a few chats on it. Yeah, and you know, and, and the, the, the amazing thing about all this is, you know the you know, through you know, through messaging and you know, technology mm. and stuff. Now, you know, you can just you just catch up with all these crew all the time. And so, so
0: we'll, well, while you mentioned I think and um, Romaine and bouncing through the window. Were you privy to that incident? Yeah, yeah, I was. I yeah, talk
1: about uh, that was that was getting, getting the kids out of jail scenario, um, literally, hypothetically, and figuratively. Um, so that was you know we used to. We used to run, you know, the Burton or the, the Burton sessions and the Burton Opens and that scenario, and, and those guys would come to town and, mate, those guys, you know, Unink was the bad boys of, of Burton. Then mm. it and was an awesome program. Though. Yeah, yeah, and it. they and they were good. They were just, you know, they were they were just, and they got, they got free license mm. to basically go off and just be just you know be the badasses to be perfectly honest and so but you know it was when I look back at it now it was all cool but it was also pretty disrespectful Mm. as far as what they did and how they did it and Mm. to a certain degree you know there's there's certain things but hey you know it's I can't say it took off 24 seven but you know but Mm. you know back in those days mate we weren't all we weren't all perfect Mm. You know, we've all we've all we've all gone and done shit that we, we regretted, and we've all gone out and had too much to drink, and we've all gone out and and not, no, yeah, but yeah. you know, they, they these guys were in the in the public in the public face, yeah. Um, and the other thing also is, you know, I used to a lot of people used to help build the brand and a lot mm. of people used to help as far as in the bars of Wanaka as far as what we did and we used to bring a lot of people to town with gigs and a whole lot of stuff and and, and, and I'm really respectful of that mm. and it's a situation where sometimes people come for a short time and they do dumb shit mm. and when they do that dumb shit and people get hurt and and it, it's it's you know people you know property gets damaged and stuff like that and, and this was a classic scenario where those boys you know they they uh, where were they? There were some uh,
0: so paddies, yeah, the paddies.
1: Right, yeah, the Irish bar, mm. and they they rang a muck with the bouncers afterwards in this in mm. this thing, and basically ended up and ended up in buddy the, the the cell, mm. and, and and of course I'm the guy that gets the call, so mm. it's just like, hey, guy, we need to, you know, so there there was um it was me and the Renee Hansen, who was the who was the manager at that time, so there we are in the Buddy police station, you know, calling for calling for favors and bits and pieces and and um, you're not you know I wouldn't call it the highlight of what I like doing and how I like doing it but it was uh you know that was snowboarding that was it was at that time and and you know whether whether some people thought that was cool or not was you know personally I didn't mm. but it was um you know but you know that was just a classic situation whereas we had the highlights but we also had the highlight lowlights, and mm. uh, you know my job was to get them out of jail
0: mm. Because so I heard that they got their passports taken off them or something yeah, like
1: that. Yeah, no, no, no they, they, they they weren't go, they weren't going anywhere in a hurry. Yeah. 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 So there was um Yeah, so there was a there was a bit of um, let's say there was a good donation made to the local community for some for
2: some
1: mm. <laughs> for, some, for, for mm. to yeah there and uh, yeah they left town with their tails between their legs.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, one visitor to New Zealand we probably, I think, we need to talk about is the man himself, Jake Burton. He's yeah. obviously bringing his boards in. You had a close relationship with him yeah. over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Jake, mate, rest rest in peace, brother. Um, yeah, like, the for those who have met him, and quite a few Kiwis actually have, you know, he's he spent a lot of time down here. Um, that guy was the, like when when I say Jake, you know, there's also Donna, his wife, Mm. you know, as I say, you know, I, I just, you know, hands out to Cheryl, um, you know, Jake and Donna, you Mm. know, she's, she was as as a bigger part of that company as, as, and is is now as big a part, but passes, his his passing Mm. as far as driving that company, as far as what they, what they, what they represent. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was, I was in a privileged position, you know, of, of meeting Jake and knowing him and knowing him as a mate. Mm. Um, and you know, we used to go over to the states and stay at his house, and you know, and just you know, just he'd he'd, he'd always be very accommodating, no matter where. And he had he had a bit of a he had a bit, he had a real soft spot for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, to the to the point where he actually came here one year and he he lived here for a lived here for a
0: winter. All oh, right. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal,
1: eh? Yeah, it was. He um he was like he, he they they had this thing where they were they were trip they they were just moving out and they they moved to New Zealand for um they were they wanted to ride all year,
2: hmm.
1: so in New Zealand was basically where they where they came so they moved I jacked them up a house in Sumner and the whole family, we we talking the whole family so the Mo- kids and everything kids the whole yeah. nine yards and, and so um and so they came they came out here and. Uh, Lived in Sumner, and so we used to, you know, we used to surf and do the clubbies, and and you know, don't do you know, do, and do the photo shoots and a whole lot, of, you know, the, the and so, um, yeah, which was super cool, and and uh, yeah, he just really that, but that guy, mate, oh my god, like when it comes to, like I don't know if people know, but but Burton's is a privately owned company. Yeah, there's no, there's no shareholders. There's no, there's no. Anyone they've got it. They've got their board of directors, etc. Like that, but it's but it, the essence of of what they what they did was purely for the development of the sport, mm. and development of, of what it was. And so Jake and Jake and and so the philosophy that Jake and Donna created out of Burlington, Vermont, and how they set up the different bases all around the world really transpired. And as much as I'm sitting here talking about what you know, our, our you know, well, my, my and Cheryl's story and in the higher ground story they had they, they had a hundred of those pockets all over the world mm. so where where that connection rolled through in the new zealand marketplace they had that connection happening in South America. They had that connection happening in Europe. They had that connection happening in Australia. They had that connection all over the world. And so, when you think of the when you think of the global family and the people that they've influenced and the people that they've touched and and how and how they've done it. Um, just full, full heads off, and and you know we talk about you know it's it's you know as much as Jake's passed away now, he's actually nearly passed away a couple of times, yeah. And he's had his own death stories where he came back from the came back from the dead, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, he too was a he was there, but you know he was he he was great. He used to he used to love the club fields,
0: yeah.
1: Oh my God, like mate, seriously, you get that guy, you get that guy to in like to to Craigieburn or Olympus. And he was just there, and he just loved O'Hare. Mm. Oh
0: yeah! Nice. Oh my
1: God! So like you know, it was like he'd turn up and go, "Okay, we're got to go to How and we'd be we'd we'd turn up at How. Mike you know, he he knew he knew Mike and Louise like, um, you know, like you know, like friends and friends and and. Uh, you know and it was you know a pretty pretty amazing connection and, and if anything and now you know even with the you know the connection you know post you know the, the transfers for Jake and the connection that he made with the likes of you know Kadrona and bridget and and that there is something that just continued continue, mm. continues on so I wish I could um, have met him
0: like it been... Yeah, no, and, I, and I tell you what, if he
1: was made, if he was sitting in here with us now, Tony, we'd just be talking like we were talking, and mm. as much as he's, but he, he and Donna have done what they've done. He's just, he's just one of the boys, mm. and well, when I say one of the boys, he's a, he was just, but he always just had this, this smile on his face that was just addictive. Yeah. And he had this complete stoke of what was going on. But, you know, he also he also was a hard driver. But he was um he was an incredibly he and Dono were incredibly generous people. Yeah. And when I say generous, like incredibly generous as far as what they did and how they did it. And so in retrospect, as far as the generosity that they they shared with me was mm-hmm. generosity that I shared through the industry, through the riders, mm-hmm. through the through everything, as far as how that whole ethos mm. went from from him right down to right down to the, so the grommets that
0: came that that coming through generosity for them, it's pretty well amplified in like their chill program and the LTR yeah
1: programs
0: yeah. making things accessible
1: and yeah well but, they're, 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 but their but their company's never been driven for profit mm. their, 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 their company's always been driven for prog- prog- progress prog- progress and um and it's and it's something that you you know there's not many private companies in the world that do what they do and how they do it Mm. and uh it's a it's a situation where and you know that that guy gave me some experiences that you couldn't top you know there was you know he'd turn up and next thing we're we're at mount cook for five days of just just going ballistic and
0: (laughs) with
1: Jake. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, we got to, got to take some of the other crew along and, and, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd turn up here and he goes, Oh, it's so good. I'm bringing my mate from so-and-so and he'd bring some big CEO from so that was, you know, one of his mates and they'd just turn up and we'd just go and have a good time and, and run out and, you know, so, Damn. um, yeah, for, yeah I, I miss I miss that guy and really, you know, I still keep in con- contact with Donna and, Running, running through, but um, yeah, amazing. And you know, as kids now, uh, you know, George, he's pretty involved with the running, you know, running so the company the, and the, the three boys, and the boys. yeah, have yeah three, yeah, three boys. Over, yeah, no, they're they they're continuing business as usual as far as what doing, how they do and how how they run the company. And uh, yeah, and uh, as they say, you see it, but he ride right on, Jake, because yeah. everyone's just riding on.
0: So what's Burton and especially You're talking about Jake and helicopters and that sort of thing. So um remember there was a time with um, Mount Potts and an international photo shoot was Burton yep yeah sort of the late 90s um,
1: it was the, it you, was the year it was the, it was the shoot of the, the millennium the 2000 right yeah it was, the, it, was the, um, it was the it was it was the two th- it was the 2000 photo shoot so it was in the in the winter of 1999 mm-hmm. and they wanted to come up with they wanted to come up with a, up with a, a new concept and it was a new concept of of spending spending time at one place and bringing the whole team in and i mean the whole burden team
0: really like, yeah
1: product testers designers the whole nine shit, yards It's a couple
0: 100 easy right no
1: it was i uh, know was no, it wasn't, no, it, wasn't that, it was i think it was about i think it was about 60 people in total
0: right Oh, it was still a it, oh, it was, it was, mate. It was a
1: mess as entourage, and they were mm. all coming to New Zealand to, to basically do a whole lot of. Um, and it was the it was the year of the the Harkin you know face series. You know that
0: the, so that Mike
1: Perillo. Yeah, yeah, the Perillo. Yeah, mm. um, when thank God they bought those boards here because I've still got them in my garage. The yeah. whole set. <laughs> Man, <laughs> um, there would be some collectors losing their <laughs> shit over there. <that. laughs> yeah, yeah. There is. Actually, we don't, mm. I found this Facebook page the other day where there's actually a, there's a collectors. Page of yeah, um,
0: I'm on
1: a few of them. Is it Dig My Quiver? No, no, no. it's um, I'll send it to you. But yeah. my quiver is not as cool as it used to be anyway. No, no, this is this is purely just focused on that series of boards. Oh, right, yeah, oh, collectors wow. from all over for you. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there's some pretty crazy prices being paid for those things now. Um, so we went to Mount Potts, so we jacked up Mount Potts. Um, to get up to Mount Potts, you have to go up by chopper. Mm-hmm. so basically we had a fleet of choppers parked at mount pot that would take us take us up the mountain i had the whole burton team there the kiwis i had the, the international riders i had the testers we had the filmers the whole nine yards and so there was that was the that was also one of the years where it's like hey it's not just about the snow it's about the lifestyle mm-hmm. so um there was a whole lot of um you know folk, you know this is this is just after was it before or after law of the rings had been shot there
0: i think it might have been just before
1: yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was around that time, and so, um, and so we went into Mount Potts, set up there, and uh, mate, and it just that was the year it didn't snow.
2: <laughs> <Man>.
1: <laughs> so we were set, and but we made do. We got up there, and uh, we built this massive, massive quarter pipe, like it was, it was an absolute monster. So this groomer's up there. At Mount yeah, there Pots was a groomer. Stuff. There was a groomer up there. They chop a groomer up. And, uh, which was, which was on site for, yeah. And so we, 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 we groomed up this massive quarter pipe and, uh, hit that, had a wee bit of, did a wee bit of heli time out the back and stuff, but it was, um, yeah, it was definitely fun times mm. and, uh, but it was, yeah, you, yeah, we, put it this way, it was never replicated. <laughs> <laughs> but every year, you know, every year they, we, we do, we do a photo shoot and a whole crew would come up, mm. um. We ended up you know, those were the years of um, out the back in in the two thumb range and we'd actually set up hotel rooms and hotel sets sits and, and do it, mm. do all the photo shoots there and run it through. So and there yeah. were
0: some pretty iconic um, shots coming out of that still, right? Like Terry mm. Terrier and even like Dylan Butt and Denny and yeah, those yeah. guys, right?
1: Yeah, and mate one of the one of them is was, was is still famous today with Ross Powers. Where he's just sitting above the rotor of a, a a rotor chopper. There's a chopper parked in the back, yeah. and he's out there doing a big, big, um, big trick above uh, above the, that that rotor. And really? um, yeah, now if you if oh. you Google you know the two thousand photoshoot, um, yeah, and go through there. There's some pretty iconic shots that came out of it.
0: That's mm. oh, right. And we mentioned before. I think we've sort of got to double back around. Um, uh, Burton and how do have quite a Association. Yep. And Solve, um, yeah, very, was uh, that from Jake or yourself or both?
1: No. Um. Ohau. God. If there was a if there's a place close to my heart, it's 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 Ohau. Mm. Um. Oh well. I you know I grew, grew up in you know Amaru and and the head of the valley, mm. the head of the Waitaki Valley is Ohau Lake Pukaki mm. oh, So all of the all of the contributors that go into those lakes basically flow down into Benmore and down there. So it's mm. the headwaters. Um, my grandfather spent his last days, you know. Well, I never met him, but in the early, early late sixties, that was a, one of his favourite favourite places for going fishing, etc. Um, and even ironically now, um, there's a just just down by the lo- down the lodge, there's a little copus of trees, little natives, and um, both of my boys' um, placenta's are planted under under trees there that are now. Uh, twice you know they're, they're now twice my height or mm. well, three times my height as far as nat- natives that we've planted in there as far as there so it's a it's a really it's a really um it's a special place to Cheryl and myself it's sort mm. of the you know the the the, the zen the, the 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 spot we there, we continue to go there back is to
0: something about that place though when you get up there and turn around and see that you know it's like that super blue lake and you yeah, so this is a special place.
1: Yeah, no, it is, and it and it's off the beaten track. There's no there's no traffic to go through, and I actually I actually spend, you know, it's ironic that I live in Wanaka, but I I actually spend my, most of my time at Ohau, um yeah. as far as riding. It's uh, you know it's it's just there, but um no, but we um God, we used to we used to we used to have a, a thing called the um we used to go there every year and run this event called the the, the Ohau Cake Bake Off. Mm. Okay, well, it was it was a combination. We had the cake bake off. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and um, and we'd have the powder eights, yeah. which was just for snowboarders, skiers weren't allowed. <laughs> and we'd have, and we'd have the, we'd have, we'd have, we used to have a border cross, but when we changed that, we turned it into the what we call the the, the grand salami. It was just a race, a race down, raced you know around the around the around the pegs, and who could get down the fastest, and the winner won a a, a stick of salami. Um, Over over time, that sort of you know racing was a wee bit gay, so we got rid of that. You Mm -hmm. know know, who who who, you know it was the time check. So we just focused on the on the um, on the on the Powder 8s and so Mike you know blesses so
0: how, how did the idea for Powder 8s and snowboarding come about though was that a bit of a touch piss take thing?
1: complete yeah. like this is just like because all of a sudden there was all these competitions coming, and don't get me wrong we were at the forefront of creating you know competitions and we are all about the, the super competitive side of progressing the sport, mm. but also we're in a situation where we were like taking the taking the piss away, but to the fact of like let's do something completely different. So we'd hunker down in the Ohio Lodge, um, and we'd do the we'd do powder eights on the on the ridge, All as right. far as you know. And you know, we're talking. You know, people would come and dress ups and the whole nine yards, and you know, it was a big mm. party. And you know, we'd see who could do the most synchronized powder eights. Never, no, no other snowball competition in the world ever ever ran like that. And then at night we'd go down. And we'd do the cake bake-off, and mm. so um, people would have to bake cakes, either bring them or the the true essence of OHA cake. The winner would be something that was produced on site, mm. and you know whether you cooked it in a barbecue or whether you cooked it, you know stole, you know used the ovens or something. But but after dinner, we'd have out would come the cakes, and that would be the dessert, and then we'd have the the big um, the big uh, the cake bake-off, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty fun times, and boy, we got some. Pretty amazing cakes, and and over the years we had some um, you know a lot of entries and um, some pretty pretty funny situations actually. So
0: one of which would be the police judging a weed cake.
1: Oh yeah, so oh god, that's right, mate. So yeah, so uh, yeah, so one year we're in there, and um and actually I've got a photo of this, um and so we've got the cake bake off, and of course you know we're snowboarders. <laughs> We, we enjoy a bit of a good time and we laugh and you know from from some natural medicines to another and um and so and so what I would do as far as the judges I'd, you know because we'd have the snowball crew there but you'd also have the your normal you know your, the normal Oh guests. And so I used to find the best judges for for the cake bake off mm. were generally the old ladies that were there. So I'd go and get a couple of the older ladies there, and you know pull you know pull them in. and and um, say, look, you know, would you like to you know judge a cake competition? They'd be like, oh yeah, that's fantastic! Oh mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh we, we, yeah. yeah, we love cakes. And I'm like, oh well, this will be fun then. <laughs> okay, it's going to happen after dinner, and they'd be sitting there, and they'd go and they'd do themselves up, and they're all you know they're all very excited. And so we had the, and then, um, and then one time, and then we're there, and then, and then just after dinner, you know, I had these two old ladies, and then, and then in came and walked the local policeman. Lord knows why he was there, and was just very random, and all of a sudden a cop turned up at O'Hare because you know it's not it's not it's not on the bed but but, but I went up and said, okay oh, mate do you, do you want to you know do you want to be a judge tonight because I thought it'd be absolutely hilarious a cop judging you know you know <laughs> a cop and these old ladies that always be, you know there and uh and then he came in and and out came the cakes, a massive display I think we had twenty entries that year of oh, nice. that were known there and um and then all of a sudden um I get a bit of a tap on the shoulder from someone, I'm like, uh, one of those cakes I don't think the cop should eat. I'm like, well, what do you mean? And like, oh, it's got some weed in it, man. Like, you know, <laughs> pretty strong. I'm like, okay, right, okay. So anyway, so the, the 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 judging had happened, and or that was just about to happen, and of course, we couldn't tell the cop, he couldn't be a bloody judge, so... We went through the whole testing of the whole scenario, and and yes, um, the local constabulary did consume a little bit of weed cake, there's no doubt about it, so did Meryl and Beryl. <laughs> no one died during it, and, and, and yes, to this day, no one was arrested, and we got away with it, and uh, yeah, there is a little bit of photographic evidence here as far as the legendary cake bake off, and the time the weed cake got away with it so um yeah one of those one of those great little stories of uh snowboarding and the lifestyle it produced i mean you guess this is
0: like 20 cases like fuck which
1: one which one i fucking knew which one
2: (laughs) perhaps perhaps
1: he just got a bit of a smaller piece of that one
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Must at the end of it then, uh, then after the after the judging, everyone got to c- consume all the cakes, which was fantastic. So um mm. yeah, dessert for everyone. Oh sweet. And then yeah, and yeah. then the band would start up and away we go. So you know, it's it's oh how mate, oh how's about oh how's if you've been there you'll know what I'm talking about. It's mm. the most incredible writing, um, and you know, it's produced some pretty crazy personalities out of the place as well. Um so- you know, Jock, and you know the the, the, the Nelson the Nelson family. Um, you know, they're just they're just their family to me, um, and also. But you know, we had some you know, I don't know some it's a couple of international riders came over and and used to work there. A guy mm. Billy Bacon who used to come over every year, and he was one of the test riders for Burton. Oh, he okay. actually got a job one year as a dishwasher. It's uh, a uh, no, what we call a ceramic underwater specialist. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good word for a dishwasher. Yeah. Um, and he and then also, but then um, another fellow Tony Walston. Uh, mm. he he used to he he used to work there for a couple of years as well. And and Woolley, oh my God, like. When it comes to personalities and characters of the of the industry, he was just he, he was part of the sub sub 20, He was he was older. He was probably older than all of us put together. Um, road like was the f- biggest jibber, like mm. the full you know f- throwing freestyle to the next level. And he he also worked as a underwater ceramic specialist there, um, but just rode. But he used to ride some. You know he was the he was the guy. On the on the short board with the wide w- stance that would just ride powder like there was no tomorrow. Mm. Super skilled, but you know throwing down tricks all over the snow. Um, and then Ohau. Ohau means place of wind. And mm. when the wind blew and everything came through, he used to get a surfboard and go and surf, surf the surf the waves in the in sh- the point breaks. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No cra- <laughs> crazy crazy fellow, and um, yeah, but great yeah you know, great times and and. Uh, yeah, a little, a little, a little gym, a little gym. Then you know some of the backcountry riding down there through roller Drume and mm. Hemis and stuff like that is just world class.
0: c has got a shoot practically named after him, I think. Yeah, um, I forget Danny Meyer.
1: Yeah, yeah, about it. yeah, you yeah, No, there's a yeah. I forget the name of the shoot, but it's that's a, out of Hemis on the on the on the right hand wall, and it's just this mm. direct direct down. It, it's 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 when you say shoot, we're talking like
0: shoot. It's yeah. <laughs> it's straight down. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah you, you don't turn it. put it that way. Tony wilston well, a lot of us just associated him with what we seen in New Zealand Snowwater which watch was Coronet side hits and yep, Lib Tech boards and front three cross rockets and shit. But yep. he was actually way more than that with his riding and
1: yeah, no, he was he was he was mate he was he was one of the progressive you know fr- he was the you know Luca and Luca and Tony and um and oh god, I'm forgetting a couple of names here that that came in. They were this the. They were they were the they were the Queenstown you know they were mm. definitely you know freestyle progressive freestyle
0: and um, he had had like that warp sense of humour or something
1: He's kind of yeah no he, you know. he actually set up this ma- like there used to be a New Zealand snowboarder and he mm. set up this magazine um, called the Hirachi Medical Gazette
0: okay <laughs> awesome
1: okay it was yeah. a it was a mini mag yeah. it was about half the size of the can of beer. About yeah. that about that high, and it was about 20 pages, and the Harachi Medical Gazette was a complete piss take on anything to do with sno- with with the in, the snowboard industry. Oh, really? So, if you're involved in the snowboard industry, there was a page dedicated to you, and it just com- took the p- complete piss out of you. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Oh, I'd was, love to yeah, find a copy yeah, yeah, of that. Seamus and I featured quite regularly in that in the early stages, and mm. uh yeah, he was, he was very blatant, the fact that we were the assholes of the industry because we were taking ma- snowboarding mainstream and you'll rot in hell. They're <laughs> 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 like, good on you,
2: Willie. Yep, no worries. Let's go riding. <laughs> well, one of the
0: subject of um, rippers back in the day, who were some of the standout names you or riders that you were seeing then?
1: Oh, mate, um God there was mate, it's 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 really it's really hard to put he put to to put some names to um there but god I remember my first year at T C, um, that was just an eye opener. Like mm. you know, there was the level of the level of writing down here was, you know, like we had you know, could between Cadrone and T C you know, you had you had Spy, Ewan, um uh, you know, I think Greg Prouse had actually come down here for that season as well. You had your hard booters like your, you know Lee Martin and Aaron McIntyre and and you know those guys that were that were ripping on the hard boots. You had the, you had Ollie you know the little grommies as for you know Ollie Brunton was a grom super grom back down then, and and so you had this real. Level of riding and, and coming from you know where I started up in the North Island and knowing the Canterbury stuff and to come down here, the the level of riding just picked up picked up again. Mm. Um, I think uh, you know from a from a you know there's Welly, um, uh, you know Welly. Um, Chris Welling yeah Chris McKenzie, McKenzie. Chris McKenzie
0: so did he was he on the Burton Alpine he was mate he side? was
1: heavy on the Burton Test team. Yeah. Like he and JG, who ran the Burton Test Team, were, were 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 super tight. And he used to, mate. He used to smash boards like, like I've never seen a guy smash like. Not, I'm not talking smash on rocks, but just push boards to their limit of of breaking. So th- right. th- that we we he used to, he used to go through more boards than probably anyone I knew. Yeah, just power, super powerful riding. He was a hard booter, and then he to go well, did go over to soft But he, he, sort of, you know, but he used to, he used to get on our test boards and ride them in hard boots. Right. So he'd get on, you know, the Air Series and the Kelly's and stuff, and he'd he'd ride hard boots on, you know, put hard boot setups on on these boards and and, and ride them and put them through there. Which and should, so if it
0: can survive him,
1: yeah, yeah, no, if yeah. it can survive that, it can survive any So he used to really push through. Um, Q, um, Quinton mate he was the you know there ollie b and then also um you know will J and roland moreland brown you know mm. that like i look at the, i look at those guys now as far as where they were and they were they were you know they were they were super cool hard rippers and then you've also got the let's say the old school mm. you know they were the new they were sort of the, you know well when i, I thought q ollie R&B, Will Jay—they were like the know. new school writers going through. But then you had the old, the older boys, um, you know, uh, Rion and and Ollie Burke. I mean, you could write a
0: book about those two. Yeah, right? <laughs> mate,
1: and and like, like you know, just GCs, like mm. you know, and you know, like Rion and you know, Rion. we used to have such good times, and and then. You've also had um, who was the, It's old uh, Russell Riddell. Who's he's now? He's over in Queenstown. He's but he's in the same game as I am over there. But he's he originally was one of the crew that set up the boardhouse mm. here in here in Wanaka, and he started importing ride. And you know he was he was crazy in himself as far as he, how he used to ride. Like you know, I never forget one day we we're in the bottom of Arcadia Shoots, and you know how you've got the cat track there, and these guys have built this. Built this jump over the over the fence, and like they were ripping down. And I never forget turning up one day, and and Russell Riddell just comes and hits this jump, and it just flies off into into Pringles. And I just never forget just watching him just. Just leave, just leave the fence <laughs> into nowhere, spinning out of control as far as what he was doing. And you know, you just look at that and just go, you know, absolute balls out as far as what he was doing. Mm. Um, and yeah, but you know, Ollie Burke, you know, th- th- those guys, you know, skating was such a big influence, and anyone that could, you know, skate the way they they could, mm. and then get on a board, yeah, it was just, it was just a head start. you know it was it was like a no game you know we had your free riders and your crew that you know were just there but as far as progressing the sport in the early days Mm. those guys you know and and Dino and and you know just full respect to those guys because they were the they were the they were the the key they they were the the pushers there and so you know I look back at them now as far as who they were and and what they do and as much as they were great bros and you know like to the turn up in events and you know Rion and Ollie we had we had what we called the coffee club and so we just you know and, and you know when the Burton opens or something like that, we just go and sit on the side of sit at, sit at the side of the half pipe or something like that and the competition was who best who best who bought the best liqueur coffees as far as sitting there as far as watching what went through so it was uh, yeah it was our our, our, our annual little get-togethers mm. but it was also you know a bit of fun as far as um, understanding and then you know in Russ and then kazoo you know if everyone remembers kazoo, you know mm. crazy Japanese you know so
0: he, he became part of the boardhouse. Yeah, he
1: he came out mm. and sort of you know, the boardhouse went through a progression of quite a few owners, mm. and um and you know obviously you know to its demise now as far as where it's at. But yeah, there was um there's yeah, some good always some good nights had at the board boardhouse.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine Ollie and Rion, but classic classic dudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm.
1: No, no, totally. And still cl- and and you know and Ollie, what a just such a crazy mofo. You know, and just skates hard, rides hard, and what, mm. what I saw him two days ago having himself to escape, and he went and he just broke his leg two days ago, mm. broke you know, broke his ankle, tibia and fibula at the base, oh, pinned yuck. up, pinned up at home, and I'm just like, mate, you're, you're nearly fifty, dude, you can't, you know, it's just, yeah, but good on him, mm. you know, yeah, there you know, it's not again, it's not how hard you get to go down
0: how you get back up yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Got you go there's, bit of a fe- there's a
1: bit of a theme for this one isn't it it's <laughs> not how hard you go down it's how you get back up
0: uh lessons in life yeah um, exactly and so you're talking about on the side of cadrona pipes with Ollie and rion which i think we can segue pretty good so i remember um when the new burton pipe jam started at cadrona it yep. was kind of a big deal like well, no way a competition that's not a competition yeah uh, how did that all start coming
1: about? Like, real well, relationship. We, um, well, okay, so so what we what we did is um, we like where it all started right back was we wanted to find a way to get on the mountain with the riders, with the crew, with the boards, and have a day where we could all where we could all just hang out. And so what we what we what we created was a thing called the Burton Big, the Big Ears okay And mm. so the big ears were it was a day when we'd go and the first one I think was it at, at was it Cadrona? Yeah, it was a Cadrona. And uh, I'll never forget turning up to and going to, I think Sean Gilbertson was the manager back then, mm. and I went up to Sean, and I said, Sean, this is what we're going to do, we're going to turn up, we're going to build this massive jump, we're going to put the demo tape there, people can, you know, come around, they can try the boards out, they'll come back, all the riders will be hitting the jump, and it'll just be a big, you know, just be a big lot of fun, and, and there's no, you know, it's not really a competition it's like hey it's self it's it's self-judged so it's a scenario of whoever you know whoever thinks one on the day will you know will do that and, and, and he goes
2: and he goes he goes are you
1: crazy guy he goes you want me to build a jump in the middle of the piece as far as to basically I mean, it's like that's just mad i'm not i'm not what? i'm not put, this is under this is under the white star okay he goes i'm not building a jump under there because what's we're all the skier you know we need to save the peace for the skiers it's like you know we need as much but we need as much peace as possible i'm just like yeah but you know this is
0: this is this is sport and, you know Was but, create- where the park is now sort of thing yeah Right. Yeah,
1: so I went to him with the idea of building a big jump under there as far as there, and they were just like, there's no way. But the end, the end result was the bottom of the Star, where the bottom of the park is, down mm. the bottom there, we managed to build a big jump down there, and uh, that was the first Burton Big Air day, mm. and uh, so we managed to get one away at Cadrona the first year, and so...
0: And did you have internationals? You know, we had a,
1: I think we might have had one come through there that uh, I think... Yeah, it, was, it was pretty early days, those early ones, because then we went from Cadrona and then we went to Coronet and then eventually we'd do a full tour. And so we went, one, and then they got to the, and this is just pre the Burton Open, you know, the mm. Burton Open scenario. Um, so the biggie is, and we did a full tour one year, we went from Hutt, Cadrona, um, uh Coronet, and up to two rye, and so it became the it became a bit of a tour, and so all the all the riders would come together, and everyone was invited, hit the jumps, try the boards out, drink some beers, have a good time, and and we started to get a bit of momentum with it, and it was sort of pretty cool there, and so then we were like right, and then what happened was um, the Burton Opens started up overseas. Mm. And so we had, this, we had this organic event in New Zealand and then from there we're like, well, why don't we, why don't we transpire the, the airs into the, into the Opens and then um, went to the marketing department and said, look, you know, this is what we can do and went and worked with Kadrona and mm. said, hey, this is what we want to do with the, with the pipe in the park. And um, yeah, and then it just all came together in next minute. But he, the, the, the Burton Open, um, the New Zealand Burton Open became a part of the Burton Open series. Um, but we had a problem Houston we have a problem and
0: the, and the problem was we
1: need to pay for it
0: oh yeah oh,
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we need to pay for it we need to pay for you know shit started costing money and you know i think i think back, you know it was, it was it was it was actually quite a bit of money and we're like shit where are we going to get the money to pay for this Cash this and,
0: not cheap yeah
1: this event especially you know like with you know the half pipes and cuz we always we used always used to be the first event of the year in the in the pipe mm. so that was the there and we used to be the first you know f- freestyle slope style series as well so um, so it, it was going to cost money we had to you know accommodate people and that you know just it just and effectively, it ended up costing him about a hundred grand, as far as how we, you know, pulled the whole Holy thing. Holy shit! In.
0: So one event would cost a hundred grand. Yeah, you know,
1: it's, it's, it was it well. was. Oh well, no, it got to that it got to that stage, but it was um because you know, but in the early days it was like 20, 30, 50 and then every year it got bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. prize money the whole nine yards, and so we're like, right, so how we and so um we're like, right, we need to go and get some spot. We need to organize an event and get some sponsors on board. And um, so we we created what was called the, the Burton Sessions, which was the downtown uh, party, oh, yeah. in the event centre. So we got on board with all of the the alcohol sponsors. You know, we got them to supply the beer, and so we'd run the gig, we'd make money off that to pay for the event up the mountain.
0: Right. Yeah. So, so I a... think I've seen like Cora and stuff at those sessions. Yeah.
1: So yeah. That's... And the, and this was actually a, a, a really good because what happened from there is from the opens, all of a sudden because we had this really a good association with New Zealand musicians and we're talking, you know, um, Fat Freddy's, Cora, you know, Tiki, you know, Shapeshifter, all of those bands. And so what we used to do is get those guys down to play, which were big which were big draw cards. Mm get the money out of that to pay for the opens up the mount up the mountain and that also was in the days of um of you know uh cell phone um, you know vodafone yeah early days of vodafone and what vodafone was and their marketing department was but they're amazing to work with they Mm. came to us and they said look you know you guys are influential as far as dealing with the the youth of today that are into technology and communication and texting and and that and like yeah shit yeah that's all that. and they go well we want to we want to sponsor your event so Vodafone actually in the early days of um of the Burton Opens was one of our yeah was one of our major sponsors and for the first three years, and so between Vodafone and Lion Nathan, and um, then we brought in some sub some sub companies as well. Um, yeah, we used to pull together like this massive sponsorship money to be able to create these events. And so out of from the big ears, turned into the opens, and then. Um, and but what that did is that brought in it brought in the music side of things, mm. and so um, you know good mates with all of the, the, those those mm. those guys out those bands and stuff. And so what happened out of that was you know through the brands we used to bring in, you know, and this is a classic story. Like let's talk Shapeshifter here. Mm. Um, you know, I'll never forget once you know, Cheryl comes up to my office, she goes, oh. This sort of cute guy came in. And he's he's at New Zealand. He's at the Christchurch Jazz School, and he's got this drum and bass band he's starting up. And he wants to come in, and he wants some shoes or something. Do you want to see him? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, send him in. So in comes in comes Sam and S- S- sam Bora, who you know from Shapies and mm. and he comes in. And, he, and they and he was and Devon was in the band. Devin who's now um, uh, oh, what's Devon? Uh, Pacific Heights. Um, and so Devin and, and Sam and I'll never forget the day I'm sitting in my office and I've got my tape recorder my, my cassette tape recorder <laughs> and the guys come in and they go I'm like well what are you playing they put in they put in the cassette and push that they'd recorded themselves and push it and there I was listening to some of the early shapeshifter tracks of of those guys and I'm like yeah shit yeah we're into that so um, and so yeah sort of formed a really good relationship with those guys I supplied them gear and then we used to have we used to have parties and they'd come and play for us and, and so between that sort of the upbeats, all of those bands we had this mm. organic and that and through all those mm. sessions they play they played at those those parties. So
0: were those bands all active snowboarders or, or was yeah. this beyond snowboarders? No, no, no. They
1: were they're all they're all into the sport, all into the there and and but what that created also was a really good way of um our brands, well the brands we represented being represented in the music that spoke to, to to the masses as well, so it was this symbiotic relationship between Vodafone, as far as the the you know the the carrier, thing, yeah. the bands, as far as the music, the the sponsors that got involved, and so we created this. It was it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was only
0: yeah, some of those um, Burton Open sessions, there must have been a few in Wanaka. that oh, they were huge. We went to that was just like. Gnarly. Like oh mate, we've we I'm not
1: even going to mate. If someone from the council's listening, and we tell the amount of people we snuck into that buddy event, event centre, mm. but it was it was it was awesome. And oh. that we mm. even had three, you know, ran th- you know three nights one year mm. with different bands and the whole scenario. So you remember but
0: that was one of the first times I have seen Shapeshifter. Yep. Because like Diggs, I n- yep. knew through skateboarding as Polder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't listen to drum and bass or anything like that. so yeah, I didn't yeah. no. You know, and then and we hadn't seen each other in a few years, and then remember just going to the gig and being like, "Is that Polder from fucking skate <laughs>
1: <laughs> <You know. laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah, and then downtown and downtown mm. and Kate Caps, and Storney and you know those Queenstown crew and um, yeah, mate, they're some my best mates now. It's mm. um you know we're like brothers from other mothers, and uh, you know so and and I suppose that's the other thing is out of the out of the sport and who, who we operate and how we operate is there's there's lifetime, you know, lifetime friendships, and I mm. mean lifetime friendships have been created, and they just get from they all get get stronger and stronger, and um, yeah, it's good. And then I suppose from there also, as uh, you know, I've got to I've got to talk about. You know, I'd really like to talk about the snow park.
0: Mm, well, the Burton Open ended up yeah. at snow park yeah. for a while. Yeah, but no, well, one
1: year, no, one year, what we did is we had we had the we had the um, we we had a crossover between being at Cadrona and Snow Park.
0: Oh really?
1: Yeah. So what we did is we had well, the, the first year the Snow Park got involved. us yarning to Sam. He goes, well, let's build you the biggest motherfucking quarter pipe we can we can do. And we're like, right, let's do that. We'll make it a nighttime event. Mm. So what we did is we had the we had the the slope stall on the and the half pipe at at um at the at Cadrona mm. and then at night we went across the I road. Remember yeah, that. and we and we we built the quarter pipe. Right. And uh. And that's where I got to meet Dogger and all those crazy mows from there, and Sam, and and again, you know, m- new new relations. So we built the quarter pipe, and then from there, um, you know, like the snow park. Holy smoke! Well, you know, it was of
0: its time, wasn't it? Wait, Disneyland. Yeah,
1: like yeah. seriously, it's like it's if, if you were to try and explain to someone now what the snow park was that it had never experienced, it's it's like it's like Disneyland. Mm. And it was it was amazing as far as what what they did and the investment they made. And again, just so one it, of those things. Just it's it's kind of ahead of its time.
0: Ten years, ten years later, I'm starting to realise how fortunate I was to actually experience Snow Park. Yeah, you sort of take it for granted for a while, you know. Oh, it's amazing. All that, but yeah. it's fucking unreal.
1: Oh, and 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 the Snow Park. You know, there was, there was a saying. It's like build it and they will come. Mm. And what happened with Snow Park is they built it. And the world came.
0: Yeah,
1: they came. They came in force. In, and then so on, yeah, right. and so and it was a and it was a situation where, but the whole fundamentals of of the business model of what the snow park was and and the amount of people they got through and how they were and and I suppose to a certain degree, you know, when you look at you know where snowboarding came from the the infancy, and where it is now as far as you know what what the what the resorts do and you know full props to. Full props to the crew at Cadrona here because you know, and, and full props to Bridget and Spy actually because if it wasn't for those guys working with us as far as creating those early events and mm. having the faith and spending and and they used to invest in us as you know we invested they invested mm. and it was a situation where we worked in cohesion as far as as far as creating these you know world class events and in in new zealand as far as what it was and it was a, it was definitely ahead of its time as far as how that ran and and you know and bridget you know she's she she was awesome and and she saw the vision and mm. she had to put you know even though she wasn't really you know in those days she was she wasn't running the show she was just in the you know in the, in the middle management side of things and spy was there mm. and, you know good and so we would just get to force and, and create these events and you know and, and then you know, from streaming them live around the world, you know the Burton yeah. as far as what we did and how we did it, in those in those testing conditions.
0: Mm. F- I don't know how we did it. <laughs> um, well, while we're talking about snowpark and obviously Burton, um, we have to address the infamous Burton jump that Dylan talks about in his episode. <laughs> That's what hundred foot. Yeah. Mile, just yeah, beast. Yeah, it was. And
1: yep. Yeah, no, and, and that again was um that was about that was about progressing progressing the sport. Mm. Um and
0: So was that built specifically for the Unink crew yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much. It was built for a it was built for a big it was built for a photo shoot. Um Sam had a great relation had a great relationship with um you know and and you know, as much as as much as what we were doing, you know, we were, high, we were doing higher ground. It was all about creating relationships directly with the companies as well, and that was the, because things happen. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a sort of thing if you try to be the control, the controller of everything, nothing organically creates. Yeah. Okay. And that, and because the sport was progressing, and and you know, Sam Lee, he was he was at the forefront of progressing the snow park, and mate, he just. He knew what to do, mm. and the relationship that he formed up with Burton, and the relationship he formed up with other companies—they knew what to do. And and mate, I was in the business of looking after looking after a, a brand in the country, not creating a the the pinnacle of freestyle for what the writers wanted, and had to do, and how mm. and how it had to be portrayed. So it's all about marrying people together and letting them hap- letting, making them happen, and that's what they did. And in doing so all of a sudden we, we saw features being built, we saw jumps being built, we saw half pipes being built, we saw stuff being created that was world-class.
0: Mm. And they can just build, think of something and build it right then and yeah. there. They didn't yeah. have to worry about yeah. pieces or... Yeah, 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 mm. no,
1: no, true. And, and, the, and you know, but I, I just want to go back to Gadrona also mm. because... Um, you know there was this whole snowboard ski thing that went on for a wee while and and to be perfectly honest it was a, it was just a massive crock of shit, to be perfectly honest because it, it was a scenario where my i've got a really good respect and 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 relationship with with people in the ski industry and people in the and, and we're all you know we're, this whole you know there was it wasn't any anti there it was we're all in the same we're all in the mm. same industry and i tell you what if if, if if it hadn't been for you know, the amount of people skiing mm. in the early days, paying for lift tickets for the mountains to be able to invest into progressing freestyle for snowboarding and then then skiing, progressing into freestyle for you know freestyle ski, mm. you know it's it's all we all, we're all in the same boat and progressing mm. to the same level. And now mm. you go up the mountain and and you know you see what you know the Josie Wells event and and stuff like that where it's where it's where it's it's pushing you know
0: freestyle skiing to the world, and he's also got just as many snowboarders. Yeah, exactly. Too.
1: Yeah, and and it's this whole thing. But there used to be this whole ski, snowboard sort of thing going on. And it was just like ah, oh, you know, and it, and I think it, it definitely wasn't created from our side of the fence. Mm. Um, but it's um here, yeah, but you know, but now it's it's about it's about mountain users and what they do, and it's that even between ski, snowboard, mm. male, female. Um, you know um, and adaptive Mm. you know and it's it's a it's an amazing it's amazing it's an amazing picture of how New Zealand mountains have adapted to meet demand and you know we're in a well
0: it's interesting watching how things have sort of come together almost in symbiotic harmony I guess like when you think about skiing and snowboarding in the 90s and yeah, you know, shit. 92, I was 12 on one six five straight skis. and That was how, how it was. And yep. You look at how snowboarding and skiing were quite different things, and then you sort of see the slow mergers, like twin tip skis come on board and switch tricks, which was yep. came from snowboarding and yep. rails, and because yep. that came from skateboarding, and it's just been. And I just still remember the first generation of free skiers in New Zealand that were doing rails. Like I worked with the Macadroneers, like Dion yep. and Marty, and yep. yep. All those dudes, and it's interesting to see how it is now. And now you've, you know, and then Jossie Wales was kicking around there, and now he's become this huge, huge deal. And then now you've got guys like, um, they're going to be bummed on me because I'm going to forget their names, but the poorest boys, yep, yep, Nico, yeah, Nico and, and Nico and, and Mikel. Sorry, lads, yep, So I remember
1: Nico even though I knocked you out that day,
0: <laughs> and, but um, <laughs> but they've. You know, phenomenal skiers that, like, come into the shop and be like, oh, can we take a board out? And then they go out and they do methods better than, it's like, fuck, I can't even do methods that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's like cool it's, to see.
1: It, do you know why, you know mate? Do you know why? Because they come. ooze talent. Mm. And and it's that whole scenario is, is you know, the the New Zealand, New Zealand has this, breeds this athlete, Mm. And with you know, but but well, athletes athletes breed athletes, and, and the whole scenario as far as mm-hmm. where they are, and you know, and you know, like Jossie, Jossie can grab, it and jump on a board and snowboard way better than I ever could. Yeah, you know, he can and, he can get on, you know, he can jump on a skateboard and rip the skate park up. He can get on some rollerblades and probably do exactly the same thing on the skate park as as far as how they And it's sort of that whole. And you look at Nico and those mm-hmm. guys as far as their 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 talent pool mm. as far as what they've got mate they can they can no matter they probably can go and swing a go, go and pick up a golf court, golf and mm. just do it they're just pure talent, and, and we're so lucky yeah and but we're also lucky now also on the fact of how that progresses as far as where snow sports sit is the fact that there's there's a there's an organization now that's got the money and the investment to be able to invest in them for them to progress on the on the off mountain side of things mm. which kids never had before
0: yeah
1: and so yeah, um, yeah and, and travel.
0: I mean, I think it's in a great place now and those, every now and then you still see that uh, we get a wee reminder every now and then it's like that and vibes of, oh, buddy, Snowwater, buddy. It's yeah, like, yeah. dude, like, that's like seeing a Betamax machine that's it's like, they still make you. <laughs> 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 you know? yeah. yeah, no, totally. <laughs> like, you know, just come and join us, mate.
1: Yeah, and hey, hey, it's it's a it's a progressing thing, and like you know, I'm not even, I'm not involved in the industry now, and and well, I do I do a couple of things on the side, but more from a, you know, my outside perspective and stuff with with a few different brands and stuff, but but it's, it's but I, I look at I look at the sport now as far as you know the the mountains and the sports and where they're going and and. You know, I was just a small part of the of the picture and the mm. big thing as far as the infancy of where. But you know, it, I just I just love you know watching watching it progress and far as how it progresses and it's um mm. yeah it's a pretty pretty amazing scenario. Mm.
0: I mm. want to rewind the tape a little bit. So we were talking about Burton Open Snow yep. Park. Yep. And that was a pretty profound error. Yep. Uh, there was also something that happened with a Mr. Travis Rice. <laughs> was this after a Burton Open party? Oh, God, you go that, for this uh, one. O- Ollie Burke brings it up in his one a little oh, bit. No, but, uh, but, uh, I haven't listened to Ollie. Once, so um, so, what, so um, the story
1: I'm going to say, this will be a true test of what actually happened. Mm.
0: Um, so,
1: oh, yeah, so the Opens, man, we had some good times. And... Uh, and they bring a whole rasp but um, yeah, tra- Travis. You know, he obviously spent a few. He did a few, few, few winters down here in bits and pieces, and then this one time he he, he got the eye for a friend of mine um, who was staying with us at the time, and you know she was, you you know, know, photographer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She's been. She's come up a couple of times in this podcast, hasn't she? Um. Now, see. Um. So and and so he got the eye for her, and next thing we're we're going back to the we're going back to the panorama, you know, which was the which was the 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 motel of choice for for Burton and, and what what you know and what we did, and um and next thing Travis and his mate are coming along, and I'm just like, and they're like, oh, can we come along? And I'm just like, oh, god, yeah, okay, yeah, righto, yeah, whatever. And um, so we go back, and we go back to the panorama, and we're sitting there having a, you know, having a couple of shandies as we do, and you know, having some good yarns, and and then um, next thing, um, our good mate Travis. Had- passed out on the bed with his mate they they obviously couldn't drink as many shandies as the rest of us and and they'd, they'd obviously met the event and so next thing we're standing we're sitting in room five at the panorama having a having a great old time and next thing we've got travis rice who was pretty much the hottest thing in snowboarding at the time it was passed out on the bed with his mate passed out beside him and they were passed out and so there was um there was a you know, there was Ollie and myself and there was a few other riffraff that were lying around. We're like, well, what are we going to do now? And God, there was some good ideas. So next thing, poor old Travis is lying on, his, on flat on his back on his bed. For so- Somehow we managed to position his hand down his mate's pants. And so sitting there, we managed to shave his eyebrow and then also put a 50 cent coin over his over his um, over his eye and uh, we, pres- we presumed to take photos of this of Travis and his boyfriend lying on the bed <laughs> passed off there and and um, I've actually got a little Olympus camera and believe it or not those photos are still sitting on there they haven't been sent into into mass distribution but one of, if one of those did it the internet it could be quite funny but but um, as much as that was, you know, one thing led to another, and we had an event the next day, and, and um, you know that was all that was all nice and fun, and I think i I'd, I'd gone to bed, and I went, I, mean, I you know, because I was the sensible person in the whole scenario, and so I went to bed to leave the leave the kids to do what they're doing, and I may have even left to go up the mountain the next morning, because Lord knows how I did it, but, but but went up there, and anyway, I'm up the mountain the next day. And I'm sitting there running an event, and the phone goes. And it's Jen from the Panorama. She's like, Guy, Guy, what the hell were you doing in that Mojo room last night? I'm like, this is it. You're never coming back. again." I'm like, whoa, Jen, whoa, 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 whoa. What's happened? What's happened? And she goes, the toilet... The toilets it's, it's, it's broken, it's, it's on the floor, there's a flood, there's water everywhere, it's, it's an absolute mess, this is disgusting, I need answers, I'm like, what's going on? I'm just like, gee I'm in the middle of i I'm trying to run this event, like, you know, I don't know, I've got no answers for you. I don't know what, what happened. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, and actually... I actually, in there as well, I had old my mate Darcy Watergrave, who's like a Radio New Zealand sport host. You know, oh, got, yeah, right, super good man. He was he was part of the crime as well, and I had no idea. But anyway, what I think happened, and whatever happened, as I as I believe, and you know, there's different stories here because everything might have got blurry after the shandies. Is um is is uh you know, Travis came around. With his hand down his mate's pants, going, "What the fuck's going on?" Went to the toilet to escape the scene of the crime, and realised the only way out was actually to crawl up over the toilet and out the toilet window for for an escape mode, and had knocked the toilet the the the, the you know the holding tank on the toilet off to create the to create the the ruckus and gone so. Um, that's, that's the best of my knowledge but hey you never know there could be another story out mm, there I have number. to have
0: a listen to Holly Burke's one yeah but I should actually
1: two. dig that photo up on that camera shouldn't I oh I yeah post it on the Sidehack <laughs> podcast
0: page and see what happens Travis Rice is uh, going my other bloody oh jokes. you can imagine
1: there'll be some lawyer from the states <laughs> ringing me next week as far as how I've really, you know shamed shame the superstar <laughs> you'll be right Travis you'll be right
0: yeah, red bull knocking on the door what the fuck dude yeah <laughs>
1: I've got the photo, by the way, mate.
0: Higher ground eventually came to an end. Are we able to talk about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, no, mate, no, that's it's, it's uh, there. year. So, um, it was an interesting year. It was it was a great run, um, but then a few things a few things happened. First of all, it was a thing. Well, there's a few different factors that came into light. One of the first one, and this is sometimes you need to adapt before before change comes and and whether i did or not is dead but um but what happened was the internet came along the internet came along and and as much as we were out there um building the brand and we had Burton, and you know we were you know we, we we had a we had a good thing going on there's no doubt about that but with the internet we were the ones who were paying for all of the marketing we were the ones paying for the opens we were the, it was all coming out of our but in the meantime um online you know um, Parallel importing was the key word, and so basically it was a situation where people could go and import a whole lot of boards from the states in the season, bring them in and sell them, and you know sell Burton boards and brand. And so what happened is it, it from the 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 retailers that I that, that were investing into the brand and how that all worked, they're in a situation where they were they were they held stock, and it was a situation because other people were bringing them in and selling them not through the normal channels as far as how it was. And so that it, it created this really big imbalance as far as what's going on and all of a sudden the, the, the mechanism we had. And so that, but that's, you know, it's it's like AI is coming and our jobs are finished. You know, there'll be, there'll be a bank, in a few years you'll go to the bank and there'll just be a bank, you know, you'll speak to a speaker and there'll be no bank teller. It's just, you know, it's, it's so, I, I, I use the analogy that basically we were like the dinosaur and someone told us the comet was coming. So we knew we knew, knew, knew that the day the distributor was over and that whole business model was there um another factor that came into play also was the fact that um we we're in a situation where we had the christchurch earthquake mm. um massive massive one day we're sitting there and it's just going into the winter february march um, the christchurch earthquake we were in christchurch um and you know we, we were positioned there and i'll never forget the day actually actually i was on the phone to bridget Livneski. Le- i was talking to her we were planning the open for the year um getting everything ready you know just you know having a pre-planning next thing ten past eleven Earthquake to odds on the floor and, you know, the, the high ground building fell over, you know, with, yeah, and, and know, yeah, we were, so it was, well, it didn't fall over, but basically half of it, we couldn't, couldn't. You are in
0: Sumner, which was pretty badly shook up. Yeah, no, it was, it was
1: massive. But yeah. what happened is downtown, all of the, you know, the cheapskates, the r the, all of these massive, you know, stores that, you know, we supplied were in a situation they no longer existed. Mm. Um, from a tourism point of view, it was like all of a sudden, you know, Christchurch International Airport, massive earthquake. What went out around the world as far as New Zealand, as far as how it was and, you know, whether it was safe and that there was had quite a negative, negative impact on the area. And those are in the days where, you know, probably 50% of our sales were happening in that area. It was a big zone. So, so the earthquake came and a whole lot of, and, um, and, we, and we unfortunately couldn't, the stock that we had couldn't turn it around so it came it came through and we had no way of selling it so we got caught up on that level um and so there was a whole lot of different factors that came into play the other thing is um burton's model was changing also the way that they worked um and it was a scenario where they were more taking ownership of markets rather than having distributors and yeah i suppose at the end of the day we got caught with our with too much stock with a, you know and in a situation where it was like oh you know this is and effectively through one mechanism or another um they they took over the distribution of new Zealand of of burton in new zealand so as far as how higher ground operated and, and that there uh, it was a it was a bit of a thing of the past which was which was pretty sad on some points of view because there were, you know this view of the riders and they were there, and um, but but that's just what happened, and um, it was a situation where they took over the dis- the the distribution rights of it, and it left um, yeah, I'll be straight up. It, it left um, Cheryl and I high and dry. At one point, it was like it was sort of uh, from a financial point of view, it was like we were coming to la- trying to land a plane and we had no landing gear down, and and we were up against the up against the wall as far as what was happening in there. I remember
0: seeing you.
1: You were working with us in maintenance at Cadrona. Yeah, well like high, higher ground was over. Yeah. And um and I was in a bad way, mate. It was like it was you know, mentally I was in a really bad space because it was a situation, everything that I'd built up and how it happened and there was a few there was a few I don't want to go into, there's a few ticking points as far as things that could have changed and, and there, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not about what happened and how it happened. I'm, I, I, I don't like pointing fingers at, at people and stuff like that because it's, it's, it's the end of the, it's just the way things roll. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a situation where, you know, basically I was here in Wanaka, had no long, the business no longer existed. It had been taken over by Burton, and um, yeah, I was at home and in and, um, and and Bridget rings me. She goes, "I'm coming round." I'm like, "Okay, come on round," and she goes, "Well, buddy, you don't have a job. You're coming with me." And uh, I went up to Gadrone and that's where we caught up. And mm. and so one day I was running the uh, one day I was running. Uh, but you know the the higher ground and everything was and then the next day it was all over and so my job was to paint the toilets at kadrona and so there i was on my hands and knees scraping the urine off the off the off the mm. off the water there and just went through that whole scenario so mentally it was a it was a it was a pretty hard deal to do but it also was a situation where it was the end of it was the end of an era and it was a scenario where we had to, we had to we had to get up get on with what was going on and mm. i ended up I worked with Bridget for a while as far as doing that doing that stuff up at Cardi's, which was great because it sort of got me going. And then from there progressed into when I actually went and put on, learned to build a house, went mm, building. Cool. And, and, and how funny is this? So so I went, um, the guys, Turnkey Homes, Dean yep. Miller and uh, Phil Smith, they said, oh, well, you want to learn to build a house? So I went and learned to build it. I went building. And um, And so there was one day, and the other person that I was working with was Sam Lee.
0: No way. Yeah. So there's
1: Sam and I, fucking two of the, two of you know back in the day, rolling everything out, and there we are cutting bats and putting the bats into a house, and we just looked at each other, and we were just like, "What the fuck happened?" (laughs) 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 What the fuck happened? And um and but but but, uh, but a really, a really crazy thing happened, and. There I was, it was a it was a situation where, you know, I felt like, you know, things were out of my control. I did feel like I'd been done by, to be perfectly honest, because of everything we'd done over the previous 20 years, you know, 15 years and input. And, and then, and then I get a phone call from Jake. Jake rings me, he goes, oh, guy, how are you? And I'm like, well, I've been better. He goes, oh, look, you know, I not realise you're not working for us anymore, but I'm coming to Wanaka. You know, do you want to, you know, keen to catch up? I'm like, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Let's catch up. <laughs> I'm like it's Okay, I'll give you a call when it hit town again. And then it's like, holy smoke and I'm just I remember going home to Cheryl, I'm like, Cheryl, I d I don't think he knows. Like he'd been sick, he'd gone through this whole scenario of not being 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 pretty unwell in the whole scenario and, and um and you know, he had a really had a bad run health wise as well and um and he came in and came in and uh and I was like, right, got together, hung out with Dake and Donna, and and had a bit of a yarn with them as far as what had transpired over the last last you know, it was basically an eighteen month period since he had been out and and um in the the end of Higher Ground, and um and he was a wee bit shocked to be perfectly honest as far as where we were personally, Cheryl and myself, and and uh, you know financially afterward, what we'd done with the with the with the brand, etc., and um. He rings me the next day and he goes, mate. but he had no idea. Um, this is what's going to happen. And I won't get into the details of what where and how, but uh, all of a sudden, buddy, we had the landing gear was down on the plane and everything went through and and yeah, we we, we carried on as far as progressing and being in a situation of carrying through. So I think it, it comes back to his generosity, but it also comes back yeah his generosity, but it also comes back to the fact of um, you know, I really respect those guys and the fact that they, whilst they were out, that whilst they were concentrating on his health and what was going on and something happened internally, a few things happened in the, within, within internally in the company that they had no control on, they stood up and said, hey, you know what, we, we don't like seeing the position that you're in, Sherilyn, after everything that you've done for us and the brand, and, um... It's, let's just let's just move forward in this direction and, and uh yeah so again massive respect out for someone who recognized the the time and effort and and place that went through and hey as much as as you know then you know when it was another scenario of you know another big blow mm. massive blow and um but we're in a situation of like well let's just carry on and get on with get on with life and we've got our health we've got our family mm. and it was pretty amazing actually I'll never forget the day of you know, I woke up and because I, I, I was pretty stressed about the whole scenario there, but I, I I remember wake I remember one morning waking up and I was down on the on the shores of Lake Wanaka after all this had transpired, and I was just sitting there and I just couldn't believe what had happened, and I'm and I just looked around and the sun was coming up and it was one of those beautiful autumn mornings when you know the and I was just like, fuck, I couldn't be in a better place, mate. Here I am, and you know here I am in Wanaka. Um, you know, the mountains, the, the, the lake, you know, got my family, got my health. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's like next next stage in life and let's get on with it. So where
0: did that uh, next stage in life take you? Was, uh, well, yeah, no, so
1: I, I, I went there and I started, I went into, um,
0: I, you know, like
1: obviously I've been involved in sales and marketing, so I did a bit of mentoring um, with, with some other companies, you know, and as far as talking there, it's a bit of contract work. And started and from because I'd been in the building got involved in the building industry as far as I was there and then one thing then I started getting involved as far as um, I got my real estate ticket which um, and I started selling businesses around around South Island as far as representing that and then Cheryl had been working with uh, with um, Harcourt's here and she'd sort of started as an agent and and. They approached they approached approached me and said hey do you want to come and join up as a as a team and uh so yeah i've been working with cheryl now for five years and and the, it, it, you know we're now back the team's back together so yeah. to speak and uh yeah we work out of there and yeah we uh, we yeah i you know i love working with with her and and the team that we now work with and um yeah we've just created our, our created a bit of a play in the in the real estate market and you know sort of now Myself from everything, from farms to businesses to houses, and and yeah, and, and I suppose where what I what I get out of that is making stuff happen for people, mm. and whereas you know transpired out of snowboard, but but I look back on snowboarding now, and and you know i I I love I I love it, mm. and I actually I actually really enjoy being removed from it from the industry. It's um so you can actually enjoy yeah, just yeah yeah it was it's yeah. it's quite you know you used to when you when you're really in, in, in depth in something so I see it from the outside and I, I watch as a, I watch as a as a punter now mm. and I look at that and um but I'm also pr- I'm also pretty proud of what Cheryl and I did over the years as far as yeah. you know growing the sport growing you know meeting the people growing the brands um, what we did how we did it and the relationships that we've gained and and um. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, you know, everyone's got a story, and it's my little story as far as how that progressed. And I now, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I look back at it, and I'm pretty proud of the team, and pretty proud of what we did. And, and um, yeah, and, I, and now I just, I just ride for the love, and nice. I will, I will continue.
0: So, um snowboarding today, um, are you still following it as an outsider looking in, and people and riders, and
2: yeah, that sort um, of thing,
0: or? I,
2: I, I, I
1: suppose I watch the grommets more than you think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I sort of, yeah, I, I, yeah, the top end guys, I still got really good relationships with, um, you know, all the people I was associated with all over the world and, you know, communicate with them on a pretty, you know, and they, then they come through and they visit and we just talk, we just talk about what's going on in and, and the world and, and got a really big network. Um, I really like I really love watching the progression of the sports, and when I say the sports, I'm not only snowboarding but skiing. As far as the young, you know, the young players coming through, the Nico Portiuses and, and ski and the Zoes and the Carloses and the and you know the you know you know the the, the young the young blood um, and yeah I and I just yeah so so I, I, from from that from that sports side I like watching that. Um, and yeah, but I just really focus on, I suppose the, the back and the, the, soulful side of, mm. of the sport now. And that's, 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 that's mm. to me the, the key thing. So theme. is
0: there anyone you'd um, so we talked about who rips then, like, is there anyone you would consider as ripping now that you're like, shit, yeah. Um, I, I actually, I actually keep an
1: eye on old buddy. Oh, well, obviously there's, uh, oh, the Japan the Japanese kids, I've lost their names. From Queenstown,
0: oh, I was at the Wakashima's. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I remember those guys as a young little girl Like my both my boys, Blake and Blake and Roman. Yeah, you know they 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 went through that early days of progressive, you know the the you know you know HPC except like that. Mm. They were right into it, and then Blake he's gone off and done his own thing, and he's now you know he's a super solid rider. You know, we're talking six foot five. Yeah. You know, big lanky. But when he gets on a board, he just you know just tears it up. He's not really freestyle into, but he's he's super solid. And he's got a super good style. Mm. Um, uh, and then and then you know and then and Roman, my young, my youngest boy, he's sixteen. He's gone down. He hasn't gone down the 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 snow side of things. He's now right into. He's a He's play, He plays sort of professional football up in Christchurch, and he's oh, yeah. followed you know that path. So that's there. But he gets on the mountain, and we just go up the mountain as family, and just really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, the the those kids. Um, I see the likes of um, you know Zephyr Lovelock. Mm. You know, mm. I, I, I I I I watch Zephyr. Crazy, crazy motherfucker. Like just you know just. But he's got that like his style of riding. He, he just pushes you know we talked about Ollie's pushing themselves and just kids that just mm. push the limits as mm. far as what they do and how they do it and I see someone like you know I see someone like Zephyr and I'll be really interested to watch his progressive path as far as how, how he goes through I think he's got he's got what it takes to, to take it there mm. but he's just got to really run through mm. but um but I also know there's mate there's some you know there's some 10 12 year olds there. Yeah. That you know, I don't even know. And you know, you go to you go to mountains now, and you sort of, you sort of see what's going on. But you know, I, I think now we're, we're the sporters with um with the the resorts understanding what's required for the progression of kids to, to to take it to the next level. You look at Cadrona with the building of the airbags, you know the 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 the, the, the post season camps. And the way that they respect and look after the athletes is, is amazing, because yeah. that's the that's the progression of there. Um, I look at I look at the you know the I suppose the funding that could come out of you know the New Zealand government through snow sports as far as focusing with athletes. I see the support as far as um, with the coaches and the planning and there as far as supporting those guys to take the athletes to the next level. Um, and so there's a there's this massive like, if you look back 20 years, that wasn't there. Mm. And now it is there, and, you know, the sports are progressing, and the riders are progressing. And, I uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And, like, if if you to, if you were to, if we were to throw where everything is from 10 years from now, mm. holy shit.
0: Yeah. What, it,
1: what are those kids going to be doing? Yeah, Who knows?
0: Two is um, how much attention. Say, like, Zoe won the bronze. Yep. And people are just like, holy shit, whether that's got more people in and then... Now she's won um, that free ride. Like, was it the Supernatural? Yeah, yep, yep. It'd be interesting to see how many people are sort of like, fuck, let's follow that and compete in free riding. And yeah, it's, it, where it that is. It sort of takes. Yeah, and, 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 and it, to it,
1: it, yeah, it is an interesting thing. And, and because it's, I think, but because, you know, you don't see, you know, like where the sport's promoted now hmm. is not so much as far as the lifestyle aspect of where. Yeah, so there is a bit of a, let say, disparity mm. between the brands and how they promote the sports and how they're seen in the mainstream market and, and how, who's, who's now responsible for promoting the, the top riders yeah. to the New Zealand public, yeah. whereas in the past that was potentially a platform that we provided – yeah. That, that now now you know we're relying on New Zealand the mainstream New Zealand media mm. to put their, to put those writers as far as the faces of them in, in front of the New Zealand public. Well,
0: it's interesting how you mentioned that we've sort of almost come a full circle. Now, if you want to read in a magazine about snowboarding, you have to pick up an issue of New Zealand skier again. and, and it's hard to think believe we had a whole media infrastructure. Yep. for our culture oh several magazines we exist. had border
1: zone we had you know we had there was there was there were these. there was there was multiple channels
0: mm. you know there was oh god mate, so what New Zealand snowboarder manual slide border zone yeah Christ and i um, there's so many more I'm yeah not yeah
1: involved. and you look at you look at all those media channels there that went mm. through and now what is that nothing yeah it's
0: crazy eh
1: yeah like, it's like it's like how and how the sport is represented and you know, and, and I. But now it's all about you know, and even now, when you go onto which I find a weird, weird now, you go onto companies' websites, and you go to companies' websites, and it's not about there's not the story about what's happening in the news and what's happening there. It's basically just goes straight to their their, their cart their yeah. online shopping platform, yeah. as far as what that is, and you
0: so get more information off their Instagram page. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, but but that's the whole thing, it, and and it's that whole, it's that whole, and that's the whole thing. It's like social media, and you know your, you know, Twitter, you know your Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, mm. and stuff like that. And, and but you, sometimes you've got to actually go out and find it. Mm. But you can find your own your own source of channels. But there's not that mass there's mm. not that
0: mess representation so, as far as. Well, we say that internet kind of killed. The culture that's relevant, like not snowboard culture itself, but remember when it was magazines, like New Zealand snowboard culture had a very distinct flavor. Yep. And then if you compared that to somewhere like European culture or North American, it was, you know, like it was all snowboarding. Yeah, you But there was just brilliant. different yep. flavors. Yep. And you'd, you'd sort of, when you travel as a snowboarder from New Zealand, you no way they do it a bit different here. I could maybe get in on a bit of this or. That whereas it doesn't,
1: or is it, or is it because tody it's not hitting us, and that's the other thing that you look at is like you know like, mate, I'm fifty two now, you mm. know, and like you know where 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 those companies are aiming at is yeah. they're they're aiming at the fifteen year olds, yeah, because they're the that's where that's the that's the proof, and, and whether. Whether we're just not in that target market, as far as where where those brands are perceived, and, and it's it's a it's a really interesting conversation. As you know, you you know, and the whole the whole the yeah. way the way you know, like I had actually I went and uh, I was up at a conference re- recently, and and um, one of the talkers there, there were two talkers actually. One was John Key, and the other one was Karen Walker, and Karen Walker, like you know, an amazing New Zealand. Fashion, you know, fashion icon was just talking about the whole fact of how, um, you know, how her brand, Karen Walker, is is there, and and she talked about the campfire, and she talked about how brands have a have a have a every brand has a campfire, and let's say. Um, you know this 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 brand has you know a hundred people sitting around the campfire, and this people has a hundred thousand people sitting around the campfire, and this this brand has you know you know forty forty million you know four million people sitting around the campfire, but it's all about how those how those how those how those brands project their brands mm. whereas in the past there used to be a situation with the likes of media where they used where they called it the gatekeepers mm. and the gatekeepers were the people that basically pers- per, the gatekeepers are the people that were in charge of of projecting the brands out into the marketplace and that was the likes of the new zealand snowboarder and so which mm. were people ideally passionate with that where they no longer exist yeah and so the whole fallback as far as how stuff gets projected is now the responsibility of the brand as far as for them to project to the market. And so there's not an overall riding bubble as yeah. far as giving a, an indication of the whole sport within itself, mm. because it's now all very brand egocentric, you know, as far as how, how it gets promoted from the way they sell, the way they're there, and the way they interact directly with their customers. So it's, um, mm. Yeah. Interesting, and then John Key, crazy conversation. You know, he's he's the chair of I think ANZ Bank, and he all he was like, mate, AI is coming. You, if you think you've got a job today, you won't. Ha- you may not have that job in ten years' time because the computers just going to take it, take it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so when you've got John Key saying that, and you've got Karen Walker saying that, you know, everything. It's all about the gatekeepers and the way that you control things, and it's direct. It's a direct communication between the brand and and all of a sudden the gatekeepers are the people like the bank tellers are no longer going to exist, and the people that persuade. It's a yeah. It's a it's a completely another podcast within itself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. we, we, we went off
1: the track there a wee bit anyway oh, hell of yeah. a track but
0: the, <laughs> the, um, I guess the point I was trying to make is like you know New Zealand snowboarder gave an avenue for like local riders to have a platform and like as a grommet growing up like the riders that I see in there does I, I held them up as like well they've got to be as good as Harkin and Jamie Lynn and those yeah. dudes because they're in the magazines riding the same boards Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, kind yeah.
1: of Oh yeah, and it's, and it's you know it's it's uh, you know so, someone can come out of the blue at the bottom at, at you know left field as well, and mm. where that talent pool comes from, and um, you know, and you're only you're only number one for a while because then it's a situation where you know your competition's not even, it, you, the, the some of the some of those key riders at the moment. Mm. You know, their biggest competition hasn't even got on a board yet.
0: You're still riding a bunch, yeah.
1: Quite a bit. No, I made. I'm one of those. I'm the early. i the early morning tycoon. Mm. Like on a powder day, I'll be first in the car park at either TC or Cadrona, as far as getting my hour in before the crowds turn up. I'm mm. pretty. I'm you know like so. Got my pass up the and I and I do the I do the first hour of, of writing. After that, once the once the cues come, I'm out of there.
2: Mm.
1: I just I get that um, again. Spend a lot of time up at Ohau, and and also um, a little a little place that I go to, but I'm not allowed to talk about. Otherwise, he won't let me come back. And so, right. yeah, yeah <laughs> <it's a> little, <laughs> down around the Glenorchy area, I didn't yeah. say a thing, Johnny. <laughs> um, so there, my I know, Johnny. <laughs> <you're right. laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> So yeah, I do that. Like I try to get my, 30, you know, my thirty days in. It's uh, you know, just keeping up. But I, uh, but it's um, yeah, I no, just, you know, it's it's and, and doing a lot of split, you know, did a, a lot of split boarding and and running around and actually and doing a some crazy you know stuff that you would never probably a really great trip I did last year which you wouldn't even think about it. I went and ride the Tasman Glacier.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. Like in those old planes, yeah. And um, and you fly you fly in in this, you know. And there was some friends of mine down there, and we're like, oh, let's do something new. And we're like, oh, let's go and let's go and snowboard the Tasman Glacier. And so we went there, and um, and you fly and you got in this crazy plane, like it's an old Meccano set, mm. and you're six of you, and you fly to the top of the glacier, and then the first trip you come down, and they've got a guide, and you're talking through it, and you're just like, look, we just want to snowboard, and so you do two trips, and the first one's a bit faster. And we got to the the bottom of the the second trip and I turned around to the guide and I said, oh, can we do another one? Can we do another run? He goes, he looked at me and he goes, no one's ever asked that before. And I said, well, there's one deal, mate. This time we go to the top and we ride the whole 10 kilometres without stopping and, (laughs) and, and, and you... And the guide, you, you can go two kilometres ahead of us because we're going to catch up, and um and it was and it was just it was just such a an amazing experience to be riding in Mount Cook National Park. You know, mm. it's 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 like doing a massive White Star run. Mm. You know, there's a couple of you know. I mean, it's how's a, the snow conditions? Oh, it was a ama- mate. It was like yeah. fro. It was it was free, free, freeze dried. Yeah. Um, A couple of the tour operators don't take snowboarders there because they think we're too slow. Um, But it was freeze dried, and so it had this like ten centimeters of frozen freeze dried powder on top Mm. of the on top there. So it was super fast. And mate, we were fanging and like through these big ice machines, you know, chronicles and 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 like from a for a unique New Zealand experience. I did that last, and I think and then I and then another man, my Charlie Hobbs, he operates the. Yeah, off the side where you can go off the side there, so keen to go and do that, and um, keen to go back to our kino this year and just do a couple of missions and just doing just doing little missions around the places um, mm. where it runs and yeah, so um, yeah, full respect to the mountains, but I you know, just I'm a bit crowd phobic these days, so
0: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I like to get out the bag. And
0: We mentioned Dogger before; who's was a um, brainchild behind one of the more funner events. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. um, how did Dogger come into your life?
1: Well, I met Dogger through. Snow park actually back yeah. in the days as far as when he was this stubborn grumpy groomer driver. We, I never not even know if it was a groomer driver. But dog is funny mate. He's, I love that boy to bits. And, but he used to always complete again. He was one of the Burton haters and he used to take the piss out of us as far as you know what we, what we did and how we did it. But from there, you know, a couple of shandies at the bar of the snow park and everyone t- comes around there. And then from there, um, yeah, just been involved with the uh, you know the mini pipe world champs. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, and like Rebere and Dogger and ourselves, we sort of got involved in that and, and just go from one thing to another and, and, um, yeah, but you know, I full respect like that event it's like the oh how cake bake, bake mm. off it's just fun yeah. it's like everyone gets up there it's it's it no really no one gives a shit about who wins mm. it's about you know from from the grommets through to the old guys to the 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 mums and the dads and everyone mm. just hanging out having fun and and um yeah it's a real mix of riders and yeah, so uh, full respect, dogger, to what you do there, and, and keep it up, mate. I know you sometimes, sometimes you wonder why the hell you do it, but it's a mm. situation that you know we've got sport and, and it's definitely one of the most talked about events in the in the calendar as far as from mm. a from a snowboard point of view.
0: Oh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping um, this year I can actually take the day off work and make a full day of it. We, well, I'll, I'll write oh, you, a sick note yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, to, to, my, to <laughs> myself, eh. <hey? laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's all my staff that are listening now. Like, be uh, prepared for that date to be working a full shift. <laughs> I won't be there. Yeah,
1: Tony's Tony's got so, Tony's yeah. got something terrible coming down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so you're known for collecting a few snowboards as well, and um, rumoured to have one of the better collections around. How did this all come about? Well, again, are you a sentimental mate, sentimental guy. Or?
1: No, no. Um, like you know, a passion for writing, a passion for boards, and you know it's, I was in the unique scenario in, of the fact of running these these demo days mm. and these big ear days and, and there, and I'd just be sitting there you know, and, and someone would ride up on one of these boards and I'd just be like, "Holy shit, it's one of those." Mm. and i would just be like I, and so you just make some random conversation. you go oh look you know nice board do you want a new one and so what i'd do is i'd take one of the demo boards out of the fleet and i'd give them a, a this year's board for 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 one of those, mm. and um, and so I just traded there. So I think I've got hundred I think got close to ninety three boards in, in the collection now. Oh, Sweet, yeah. So there's a there's a good there's a good of uh, of different sticks, and mm. um, yeah. And actually, I've just uh, this, where I've I've just created a, a garage and lined it, and and I'm just about to put up the put up the collection, which oh, hasn't nice. hasn't been on full display for quite some mm. time. But yeah, Matty Proctor, he did a um, he did a great. Uh, great exhibition last year of nerds like nerds us, like us yep. yeah which was awesome to see and mm. you know as much as i've got a collection yeah there's a whole lot of collections there cool to
0: see there, how many people actually have yeah bought no some it's collections good
1: and, and you know and good on good on maddie for pulling that off because it was a big it was a big it was a big deal mm. and a lot of come through but um yeah and i still i still pick the odd one up actually to mm. be perfectly honest i still see them around mm-hmm. and and following a few of the the online trading sites now as far mm. as you know there and uh you know, this there's, there's a there's a couple there's a couple there's a couple I'm still hunting down. Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: so um Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've lucked out a few times just with the workshop at Cadrona. Yeah. And let's like, say that uh LibTech M appeal there. Yeah. Swapped a guy like three day passes for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of those rank wits was I had an old nitro that yep. was newer. Yep. Hey bro, I'll swap you. Yep. <laughs> Your bindings don't work for that one anyway.
1: <laughs> actually mate that the in the sixty one, the Burton mm. Air was probably one of my one of my favourite one of my favourite early boards actually.
0: Oh bro, that um so that ninety two Burton Air. Yeah. Um that was the day I became a snowboarder. It was uh, it was in ninety three Right. so I I'd had a couple of guys at snowboarding at Cadrono ninety two in, uh, in Boogas. Yeah. Ninety three we were at Coronet Peak and I couldn't believe I got a Burton. Like holy shit! Yeah. It was like oh, I've got a good board. Yeah, yeah. And Thirteen. That means I'm gonna do good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <Yeah>. anyway, <laughs> fucking, it was a classic um, coronet. Am I right to tell them?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, classic um, New Zealand mountain day where the snow was fucking falling sideways. <laughs> I remember Coronet had yeah. the surface low surface yeah, yeah. left on the learners? Yeah, Yeah. And I couldn't even make it up past, like, the third pylon. (laughs) I was fucking just eating shit for, like, three hours. Like, I hadn't even ridden down. Yeah. And I was just struggling and not enjoying life. And mum come down, picked me up, and strapped the ski boot into the binding because it was ski boots and hard plate bindings. Yeah. I slid down on my hairlish to the cafe. Went to the cafe. I was drenched, soaked and everything. And I was like, you know... Basic fucking 12-year-old or 13-year-old whatever. I'm never snowboarding again. And my dad is amazing. He's the man. He's like, well, I've paid for a full-day rental, so you are. <laughs> and my granddad, he, uh, so my granddad actually taught me to snowboard. Oh, really? Wow. And I, the nitro that he rode is out in the garage there. It's my fantastic favorite board. And he's like, don't worry, boy. The weather's going to clear away, and I'll take you out the chairlift. And it'll be fine. Now I was just so confused, but I was like, but I couldn't even get up the lunar. It's <laughs> like you gotta yeah. take me up the chairlift. You know, yeah, I'd skied it. I knew what was up there. Yeah. I was like no, trust me, it's fine. It's like well, he's always been the person I've looked up. Yep. My, my grandfather, Colin. And anyway, we get to the top, strap the ski boot into the binding, and I pretty much fell down the M one the whole way, <laughs> being confused. Like he said, this like was gonna game. be better. Yeah, yeah. Get to shirt front. And, of course, it has been snowing, so it was fresh powder. Get to shirt front, and I'm sitting down on the edge of the run, the edge of the M1 on the shirt front, and he's behind me. And he's like, we're going to go down there. I was like, are you serious? I can't even go down here. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And he's like, just do what I do, boy. And he <laughs> he's, stand, he's, he's standing up behind me. What rides a around, legend. <laughs> and he takes this heel-toe uh, side turn in front of me, rolls off the edge of the run into this powder field, Kicks the tail down, lifts the nose up, drags his hand and boosts his fucking rooster tail. And I remember watching that being like, oh, my God, if I can get anything out of <laughs> snowboarding, I want to do that. Because yeah, he was just yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then did another one. Turned around. I was like, all right, you go. <laughs> so, right. Do what granddad did. You know, do, which is weird saying. Do what granddad did talking yeah, about yeah, snowboarding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I stood up. Pushed my weight forward and fell <laughs> the whole way down <laughs> and then had to pack the snow down you know for getting up in powder as a workout yeah yeah packing the snow down getting up he's like no just you know pack a bit more and all this sort of things and um and those moments I, I mean it went from moving a metre to doing half a turn and then slamming and then I think towards the end of the shirt front I'd link two turns yep and those moments that I was linking those turns and above the snow, I couldn't believe what I was doing. And there was that Burton top sheet there. Yep. Yeah. And those moments then was the moments where I became a snowboarder. Yeah. And I was like, this is for me. It was, Or I'll be honest, it was like, oh, this is for me. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Moment in but, time. Yeah. <laughs> but so I always, like, look at that top sheet and I'm like, shit, yeah, that, that 92 air. So when when one of those came up, I was like, I just just, just, it's got to happen, man. That's got to be on the wall. When I get the collection
1: up, mate, I'll get you around because I've got the six. I got the '61 signed by Craig Kelly. No way. Have a look at that. Don't give your address out. Oh, good stuff.
0: Oh shit! Well, sorry, listeners, about that uh, tangent. there. <laughs> Been
1: a couple of tangents, but <laughs> so that's what it's all about.
0: Um, well, this is the notes come to an end. But before we do, have you got any advice for aspiring shredders, guys? Someone that's seen oh, the whole spectrum of the industry? No, I just
1: like you know, young shredders, old shredders. Mm. It's just, it's just get up there, like just be mellow, have a good time, you know, and just, just. You know, as I said, it's it's all about it's all about sharing the experience and 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 being being in the mountains. You know, mm. I think I think a lot of you know sometimes sometimes you get up there and it's just so busy and it's it's crazy and it's there and and just go off just just walk off. You know, if you're on the resort, mm. just walk to the top of the mountain and look out the back. Yeah, just look out the back because mountains aren't just where the resort is mountains are where the, where the, where there's a there's there's a there's a bigger picture to the whole thing and we can find that solitude and where you can get that we can get that that line that run that you know there is there is no matter where you go there is a powder run somewhere mm. and you just go out there and find it and if but if that's but if you if the parks the park and that's where you want to be just enjoy that but you know I just I just I just love going to the mountain and going to the top of the... There's nothing better than standing on top of a mountain and looking around and being at the... Being up, so get to the top of the mountain as possible and then from there just um, roll out and have a good time and just, you know, respect your mates, look after your mates, look after yourself mm. and look after your mum because you only got one. Mm, totally, <laughs> totally. Hi
0: mum. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, awesome. Before we move into our enders, Guy, yep. have you got any thank yous, props or shout outs you'd like to give out?
1: Yeah um yeah definitely. Uh, phew, big props and shout outs. Um I want to shout obviously Cheryl, my wife. She's um she's been a big part of everything. I want to shout out to my kids as well. Blake and Roman. Um, you know they they as as they grow up being 19 and 16 now. They you learn a lot about yourself. Christ,
0: Blake is 19. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Holy shit. yeah
1: yeah and then Romans 16 you find a lot about that mm. um I just uh big shout out to anyone that I, you know the crew that I've been involved, you know through snowboarding um there um big actually big shout out to my mates in the even still in the in the snowboard I really involve I really like hanging out with my crew already in the snow you know the Scotty Maisie and yeah, I, you know I love watching what Hamish Acklin and Henry are up to as far as Mons and and there and I just really you know I love I love I love I love watching the progression of New Zealand brands mm. and the new the progression of what we did in the past as far as how how people have progressed in there and and going through um big shout out you know Jake and Donna um for the opportunity there um mm. and yeah the people in the resorts as far as keeping the sports going and just uh you know they're the they the things i think you know there's there's so many people that i haven't talked about today mm. and um and you and if they're listening now they know who they are mm. and uh you yeah, know it's a situation where i think you know as i said you're only as good as your mates and it's more important to keep you know and, and it's been tricky it's been tricky times you know i've, I've told a couple of Stories about some hard, some nasty situations that um, you know that I've been through and how I've gone. I've talked about the sport as far as how it's given me a lot from mm. a from a financial and from a mental side of things as far as there. And I think it's really important. Through, you know, we've just gone through a pretty crazy year with this whole COVID scenario and and there. And I think moving forward there's a there's there's definitely challenges ahead and you just gotta we just gotta look out for each other that's the most important thing and Mm. and um yeah like the the snow sports family it's a big family and i think we've just got to keep that going on and and yeah mate and big shout out to you tone like i really respect what you've done with the with these um with these podcasts and and telling some stories and you're actually making a you know, as much as you've talked about the media, as far as you know the magazines, as far as what they've done in the past, what you're doing here is is actually creating a bit of history from from where the sport's gone, and because you can only you can only judge the future from the past. And so, big shout out to what you're doing because it's a lot of time and your effort to go through there. And um, yeah, and I suppose the next thing is let's just let it snow <laughs> and let's ride.
0: Oh sweet. Well, thank you, guy. No, um, favorite rider. Favorite rider. Nickel bang. Favourite mountain. Oh yeah. Favourite board. Jeepers. Favourite <laughs> board. <laughs> that's a tough one.
1: Favourite board. Custom X. Sweet. Custom X with the J. I think it was uh, four years ago. Custom X. With, it's sort of like got this punamu top sheet to it. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's, that's the. Yeah. Anything that's Anything that's stiff with good, anything that's like medium, medium to stiff with a with a super th- good side cut to it. it, cuts like a knife. That's that. Sweet. Yeah. F- favorite video part. Um, uh, what was it? Was it TB three coming down? TB three. I think it
0: was yeah coming down the mountain.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my favorite. Definitely my favorite. One of my favorite. Big mountain, Tom. Tom. It had a combination of everything, Tom Burt, to Buddy, to Harkin, to, you know, Noah's and Nick, just all mm-hmm. the, all the, all the, all the writers of the day.
0: Favourite gig? Ooh, Jesus, that's a big one.
1: <laughs> you got to remember, my, 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 wife and I go to a lot of gigs. Um, what happened to my favourite gig? Um, My Baby. Yeah. Playing at the old Cook in, in Dunedin, Year before last. Have you seen my baby play? No. Amazing this they're New Zealand they're a New Zealand Dutch trio. She's so like a super fun guitarist. And normally they play in about in front of about, you know, five to ten thousand people. Yeah. We were down at the I don't know what the cook's called now upstairs at the cook there. There was like a there was like two hundred and fifty people. And this chick, Kika, who's just the most incredible guitarist in the world in the three piece and, and yeah, that was that was my favourite gig of yeah, that was that was that was in the design for that one. Nice. Yeah, secret. Uh favorite city?
0: New yeah. York. Favourite trick. and flip. Favourite board graphic. Woof! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well you hit them with the hard yeah. ones on here, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: favourite board Ah oh. It would have to be the eyes. and eyes.
0: The series the series. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Timeless. Timeless tells the true searcher.
0: And who has the best method? Ooh. I'm going to go Davis. Danny Davis? Yep. Nice. Yep. And there's a bonus question to that. (laughs) Bonus question. Bonus question. What's the key to a good method? Ooh, the
1: key to a good method. Solid grip, bent knee, spin. Solid back, back leg, and fucking just, just super float. If you can hold, if you can hold that 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 position and float it, and float it as long as possible and as smooth as possible, that's the yeah, that's the that would be that would be that's the essence of a good method.
0: That's me all tapped out. Can we tap out? We can tap it out. <laughs> Thanks, time. Thank you so much for your time, guy. You're welcome. Always. Right.